Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast. Hey, 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 it's ODB, the Lincoln Addict, hitting you with another episode of Lincoln Attic Podcast. Certainly appreciate you guys coming back and checking us out here and um, trying to get in the groove of getting these episodes done. We'll talk a little bit about that here in this episode. Now, in the title, uh, it kind of gives a little bit of hint of what we're going to talk about for this episode. And one of the things, the projects that I've been working on, uh, Barrett Jackson, Scottsdale, 11 60s Lincolns sold. So we'll talk about that. John Lyman is also going to join us. It'll be his uh, second time on the podcast. He's a friend of mine, as many of you know, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So we'll get into that a little bit more here shortly. Now, I do want to thank our sponsors. We've got some great people out there. And I know often you might listen to a podcast and kind of hear like the normal, you know, big companies that are, you know, paying folks to talk about their brand, but these these folks that are, are on board with Lincoln Attic Podcast, they're directly connected to the Lincoln world. So Devious Customs, uh, DeviousCustoms.com, if you are looking for Lincoln parts, whether you're a purist and you want to kind of keep things fairly factory or you want to do air suspension and stereo and so much more, DeviousCustoms.com, you can check them out. Again, even for the purist, if you want to upgrade your window switches without rebuilding them, He's got a solution there for you. So he's kind of got something for everyone. Colorado Custom Wheels. Thanks to Michael and team. Uh, Colorado Custom Wheels, also known as CC Cycle Wheels. Hit them up, coloradocustom.com. If you want the Lincoln Replica Wheels, they can make those. And, of course, they make other wheels. Uh, other folks on their Lincolns have ran different uh, style wheels. And certainly you could hit them up. Uh, steel rubber. You've heard from steel rubber before on this podcast. Steel rubber. S T E E L E rubber.com. Uh, they make the best weather stripping in the business. And if you've listened to this podcast or checked out the YouTube channel, you'll know that these cars are really an investment and you want to invest with good products in your car. You want to keep the rain and moisture out. You want to also keep the wind noise down steel rubber you can get a free catalog um right from going uh, to their website and then lastly griot's garage gotta thank nick and team over there uh on social media they've been really doing a great job of uh, pushing their products uh they're doing youtube uh, q a's and things like that but griot's g-r-i-o-t-s garage.com best in my opinion best detailing products in the industry, and there's a lot of companies out there. Griots is the best. Hit them up or buy their products at your local store. Uh, again, best in the business. So we got that kind of out of the way. We'll hear a little bit more from some of the sponsors throughout the episode as always. But I'm certainly always happy to sit down and talk Lincolns. And it's one reason why, although I planned to put this episode out weeks ago, just to keep it frank, I've been focusing time as much as possible on YouTube, and I started the project to go through the 60s Lincolns that sold at Barrett-Jackson Scottsdale. I had planned to go out there, and plans kind of fell through. I had some other things going on, and um, I was still able to cover it uh, from a uh, social media perspective, including YouTube, where I break down and I go through the 11 Lincolns that sold at Barrett-Jackson. So again, I want to talk a little bit more about that. On 
this episode also, as I hinted, John Lyman will, will join us. And John is a great guy. He is the owner of Stinkin' Lincoln. Uh, S-T-I-N-K-I-N, Stinkin' Lincoln. And uh, he's, of course, been around Lincoln's a long time. We kind of told his story. His audio, I think, was one of the few interviews that I've done on site. So I was up there at his facility a few years ago. And uh, you probably have heard me, if you've listened to this, you've heard me talk about John, you know, great guy. John recently moved, so I want to talk to him a little bit about that and how, you know, what all, you know, kind of goes along with moving a parts business. And then, of course, we want to talk about scammers because, dude, scamming is at an all-time high. And um, the something that I'll cover right now that will lead us into a little bit later is people that scam, it's not just one business, right? It's not just one uh, hobby, right? It's it's happening in all facets of, you know, hot rods, old school BMX, Lincoln's parts, you name it, there's scammers out there. And I watch uh, a YouTube channel, Jerry Rig Everything. Very cool channel. Always love. I kind of found him by watching some of his videos where he opens new cellular phones and he takes his knives and he kind of chips away and cuts at them to see if the glass is maybe as strong as the OEM say that it is, that it is. But Jerry Rig everything, you know, he's went into all kinds of other cool stuff. He does some car stuff. He does some, you know, just different things. Right. And, um, he recently did a video about the scammers on YouTube as an example. And if you've ever commented on YouTube, Thankfully, knock on wood, our channel doesn't really have this problem because we're smaller. But if you've ever commented like on Dennis Collins or Jerry Rig Everything or I'm sure Gas Monkey, these bigger channels, right? There's there's millions of them out there. Sometimes you'll get a commenter that'll come back and it's like it almost looks like it's Dennis Collins. But you can tell, I mean, I'm skeptical of everything. So I look at the username and I'm like, that's some scammer. Well, what they'll do often, especially if you have channels like Dennis Collins, I think he does giveaways. I know Jerry Rig Everything does. He gives away phones. What they'll do is they'll comment back and you think, oh, wow, I want a phone. And they'll ask you, okay, you need to pay the shipping. You know, how much is the shipping? You know, 20, 30, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And they'll demand that you pay it through friends and family. And when you do, or not you, but when said person does, boom, scam is complete. Boom, they got their money. And Jerry Rig Everything, he went into a video recently where he ended up chatting with one of the scammers on his channel. And the, the guy was in some crazy kind of third world country, said his family's poor, and that he makes his total living in a year off scamming people on one YouTube channel, on Jerry Rig Everything. So the thing that I would tell you is, again, what we're going to talk about with John a little bit later is with these part scammers it is it is rampant. There, It's happening all the time. And I don't want you guys to fall for these, these part scammers. You know what I mean? So check out the Jerry Rig Everything. He actually does a chat with the scammer. And he talks a little bit about how that scammer literally just trolls that one YouTube channel all day, every day. He claims he makes $1,000 a day scamming people. I mean, he's get he gets millions and millions of views on his on his videos. I wouldn't doubt it, but I would just tell everybody: you work hard for your money, 
don't get scammed. And, and oftentimes, the scammer is going to try to undercut someone else's prices. Oh, yeah, I can get that shipped out right now. I got it right here. And all they have is a screenshot. Don't fall for buying parts from people that you don't know or cars or whatever they're trying to sell. Uh, oftentimes, these guys are going to hit you up. You know, how often is, is, is a, a parts supplier going out on Instagram and saying, hey, what parts do you need? You know, it just isn't happening. You know, most of these guys like Chris at Lincoln Land or John at Stick and Lincoln, they're waiting. They have someone by the phone. And when you call and you go, hey, this is what I need. And they go, okay, I have it. This is the cost. And you pay. It ships out. It's that easy. But I do know it can be enticing sometimes. You see something, you're like, oh, man, a set of bucket seats, man. I'd love to have those for my car. Those are kind of rare. Oh, yeah, and the guy says, hey, I got them. Well, how much? Well, it gives you a good deal, and you're like, okay, well, man, I, I want to send the money now. How do I send it? Just stop and think, who are you sending this money to? Joe Schmo, that you, you, does he have a website? Does he, has he sold parts before? Can anybody else in the Lincoln community vouch for said person? There's other ways you can do things. Um, something I'll tell you, in, and again, I know this is a Lincoln Attic podcast, so you might be thinking, hey, why are you talking about all this stuff? It's going to tie into what we talk about with John later. But in the the truck world and the BMX world that I post stuff about on my other podcast, our lifestyle podcast, where we talk about mini trucks and 80s and 90s and BMX, there are a ton, a ton of BMX scammers. Uh, old school BMX, as we call it, has come back full force. You know, many of us grew up in the 80s, even the 70s. Uh, some of you guys younger, maybe in the 90s. And, you know, old school BMX is is awesome. You know, it's back and it's bigger than ever. And what some of these scammers do is they'll create an account that'll say, you know, old BMX parts. And typically they have underscores in between them. And what they do is um, they take screenshots of all of these different BMX pages. And these BMX bikes sometimes can be two grand, five grand, ten grand. It just depends what you're looking at. And what they do is they build up, they buy their followers, and then before you know it, they've got 10,000 followers. And they've got screenshots of all these bikes. And what they're doing is they're fi- they're trying to find someone that's like eager. They got their maybe their a, a tax check or something, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to relive my youth. I'm going to buy this bike two grand, three grand, five grand, whatever it is, insane, right? And what they do, it's a it's just a total fake account, and you look at it and you're like, ah, oh, looks legit, you know, '80s bikes. Boom, you pay them friends and family, money's gone. There's no recourse. And some of you guys know with PayPal. And some of the other apps, I'm, I'm not as accustomed to like Cash App and some of those Venmo. But with, with most of them, especially PayPal, if you pay friends and family, there's no fee associated with it. You're 100% out. The money is sent. It's gone. You always have to be conscious of that. On Instagram, you can go oftentimes to an Instagram page and you can type or you can tap on the three dots. And when you... Uh, tap on those three dots. You can tap on about this account. I'm looking at an account, 80s BMX Craig, joined March 2018. Pretty straightforward. You will see some accounts where it will show you how many times they've changed their name. And they've changed their Instagram name 10 times and they're based in like Malaysia. Okay. Nothing against Malaysia, but you'll start to see some of these countries that these Instagram accounts are from. Ask them where they're at. 
And when they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm in California. Well, your Instagram says you're in Malaysia. You know what I mean? So do your due diligence, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that with John again on this episode. I'll have some more tie-ins that will bake, you know, kind of tie into what I just covered. Also, again, we'll talk about Barrett Jackson when we get to Lincoln Sales a little bit later in the podcast. I do want to, again, thank Devious Customs, Jeff at Devious Customs. Best in the business, arguably has the most uh, suspension kits out there for someone that's looking to do kind of a semi-resto mod or airbag your Lincoln, deviouscustoms.com. He's got a couple of different options. If you want to add AccuAir, you want to uh, buy the compressors, you want to do all that, he's got different air ride kits. Uh, I always tell people that if you just go to his website, and hover over kits and parts and go to shop Lincolns, you're going to see all of the information listed right there. Subwoofer enclosures, LS parts if you want to put a newer modern LS engine, and so much more. DeviousCustoms.com. He's got a few things on sale, and uh, he's continuing to add to the selection of parts offerings right there on his website. Oh, by the way, if you want to book... Uh, your car getting into Jeff, you got to talk with him. I know he, when I was there, he probably had 10 or 15 Lincolns ish. And if you want to see a shop tour, you can go on Lincoln Attic uh, YouTube channel and you could check out the shop tour that I did right there in Riverside, California in September of 2022. All right, next, I want to do the previous episode recap. So Obviously, the last episode was episode 28, and I feel like it's been forever. So again, my apologies. I'll just leave it at that. I kind of talked a little bit about some of the updates that I had for Smuggler's Blues, and I wished everyone a happy new year because I was trying to get that episode in right before we rang in 2023, and I can't believe it's already been that long since we came out with a new episode. Uh, What I would say is uh, I am ramping up the content for YouTube channel for our YouTube channel. And a lot of that is kind of just getting me in the mindset of more content, more content, more content. Some of you probably appreciate the listing reviews in the Barrett Jackson review that we'll talk more about here in just a few minutes. Uh, and some of you might get bored with that, but at least it's getting me in the mindset of, okay, video, edit, clean up, post, boom, go to the next video, right? So if, if you're content creators or you have a YouTube channel, you know how important it is to try to get into like a groove. So what I've seen is great growth there on YouTube. I've seen uh, we busted through 1,000 subscribers, so that's a fantastic milestone. Some of the channels you watch probably have millions or hundreds of thousands of subscribers. That's no easy task, especially now. And you know everybody's trying to kind of do this, and for me... It just gives me that outlet. I love listening to podcasts, but I also love watching YouTube because you've got the visual aspect typically and the audio. So rest assured, I'm going to continue to balance both. And hopefully, I can also do some episodes, uh, some kind of podcast, think a podcast episode in the future on YouTube. One of the recent ones I did, I think maybe the last one, I actually had video and audio. So I'm going to try to continue to push the limits there. And I, hopefully you guys will appreciate that. But I'll also be doing more uh, car uh, reviews slash deep dives on Lincolns. And I did one with Chris Dunn's 61 that came from Strange Engineering. And I'm going to be doing some more of those. So 
Uh, keep it locked here to Lincoln County Podcast, however you consume these podcasts. But don't forget, also on YouTube, that's really where I want my mindset to be, balancing both the best I can. Previous episode recap brought to you by Griot's Garage. Again, follow Griot's Garage on Facebook or Instagram or on YouTube. They have amazing products. Their slug line is have fun in your garage. And I tell you what, in this um, the times that we're living, there are so many options for detailing products. Whether you're like a guy like me that doesn't feel like it's a hobby, you just want to kind of keep your, your ride clean. They've got some kind of mist and wipes, if you will. But they also have other things like buffers, pads, stuff for your garage, and a lot more. It's griots, G-R-I-O-T-S, garage.com. Okay, next, i got some Lincoln Life updates for you and uh, a quick shirt update. So I do plan to launch more shirts, and I think you guys are going to be thoroughly excited to see what I come out with in the future. Uh, I've had a great success uh, over on our Lifestyle Podcast, also known as OLP. We've been doing merch over there for about eight years, and arguably, although I've been tied to the mini truck scene for 25-plus years, we, you know, we, we have been able to produce some of the best uh, clothing and just different uh, accessory options for the merchandise world over at OLP. So some of you guys are, are dual listeners. Thank you very much. And if you've seen what we've done there, just know that that's going to kind of also bleed over here uh, to some really, really cool stuff. So I'm super excited about it. And, you know, my goal was always to put out the best uh, line possible. And a lot of that is possible simply because graphic disorder, he does all of, you know, the team there does all of our artwork. We pay, um, a solid price for some great artwork and the artwork is what sells the product. So again, we've got a lot more stuff coming. Uh, I'm looking to ramp this up, you know, as we get into the summer and later into the year. And I think you guys will be thoroughly stoked to kind of see what we have going on. But if you want to pick up a shirt now, Go to lincolnattic.com and you can buy a shirt or sticker. Uh, I really appreciate it. I do have a few left of the black shirts, and they're very cool. They were uh, designed by my friend Tony at Asphalt Army. So, you know, Tony and I linked up. I needed a logo for Lincoln Attic Podcast. He did that logo and graphic disorder, of course. They printed the shirts for me. They're the best in the business. They're up there in Tennessee, and we constantly do pre-sales over at OLP because it allows people to order the kind of the bigger sizes, the zip ups, the hoodies, things like that that you don't can't really stock if you're kind of a smaller uh, merchandise business. But at the same time, we're we're constantly pushing the limits, and we're going to do that here as well with Lincoln Attic. So more to come there. Now speaking of Devious Customs earlier, I'll mention that um, on Instagram, Jeff had uh, I believe they had posted a video recently that they were wrapping up. There's 64 Lincoln Continental convertible that had the coyote swap, as he calls it, the coyote swap. And uh, Devious Customs on Instagram, he's got a great social media team, and they've been posting some very, very cool videos. So when I was out there, I got a chance to see some of the cool stuff that they're working on. And again, I shared a little bit of that on my YouTube channel. But if you want to find out really what's going on from Jeff and team, follow them on Instagram and Facebook, these guys are doing some cool stuff. So that's pretty cool. Now, I also went out to Texas in February. So the OLP stuff keeps me pretty busy because I'm constantly posting social media there. 
I'm going to car shows throughout the country, and that's all on my kind of free time that I have uh, outside of my normal uh, everyday job. And Lone Star Throwdown is in Conroe, Texas every year. We went out to LST again this year. Uh, We had kind of this crazy backup in Florida on the interstate that was literally a six-hour delay. It cost us, you know, six, six and a half hours, give or take. And we were supposed to, it's supposed to be about a 14 and a half hour drive. It's a pretty solid drive uh, just to go to a car show. Lone Star Throwdown is one of the biggest, baddest truck shows anywhere, but there's also cars. So we go for the trucks, but there are some cars. And this year, there were a couple of Lincolns. So it was pretty cool uh, to see the Lincolns that we did. And I posted those through social media. And some of those shorter videos also went on YouTube which those are the YouTube shorts, as we call them, so 60 seconds or less. But uh, rest assured, I had a great time out there. It was cool seeing some of the Lincolns. Now, I was supposed to take my car. I was pre-registered, and leading up to LST, my buddy just said, hey, I'll drive the 2021 Chevy I got. He's got a four-cylinder turbocharged, and that thing got unbelievable gas mileage. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't end up taking my car out only because we would have been stuck with my three-quarter ton Chevy Duramax headed north on 75 for six hours, and my truck still has a small gas tank. I don't know why they put a small gas tank in my three-quarter ton truck. Uh, it's a factory thing. And, um, yeah, so I didn't end up making the, or taking the Lincoln out there. I did have a couple of hiccups with, with the car right before. I, I was having an issue, kind of still am, with one of the windows uh, the rear window. So I'm going to spend some time and hopefully do a video on maybe replacing the motor on it. Um, I think it's just kind of getting tired and I want to get some of that really dialed in because what I don't want to do is I don't want to take the car, you know, 14 hours away. And even though there wasn't rain this year, I don't want to be dealing with, Hey, the window won't go up or things like that. So I'm going to dial that stuff in my plan. I talked to Mike already, my good buddy, that goes with me to all these shows. We're going to take the Lincoln next year. So it'll be out there for 2024. I'll be pre-registered. And hopefully some of you guys that are listening will also come out. I know there's some RA guys that bring their Lincolns. So shout out to them. But certainly uh, hope to, to, to see you guys out there. It's always the last weekend in February, like the 23rd, 24th in Conroe, Texas. So we'll see you guys out there. And then lastly, for the Lincoln Life updates, I did want to just give a shout-out to James at Detroit Deviant. Uh, I see that uh, on Instagram, he's getting his shop in order. Uh, He's into a new facility, and he's a super talented guy, a Detroit Deviant altogether. And uh, he's got a website. He's out there in DeLand, Florida. He's producing some very, very cool parts uh, for these cars. And uh, I would suggest that if you haven't, went back and listened to the older episodes. He was on episode one, so he kind of kicked us off here on Lincoln Attic Podcast. And uh, James is, again, super talented. He's out there in DeLand. He's putting together some cool parts, and I'm always excited to see what else he's going to be releasing. So Detroit Deviant altogether. And, of course, there's a link in his Instagram bio for his YouTube channel, but his website as well is available. You could just Google Detroit Deviant Lincoln Parts and I'm sure it'll come up. Lincoln Life updates for this episode brought to you by Steel Rubber. As I said at the top, S-T-E-E-L-E, rubber.com. Best in the business. 
we had the owner on, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, and he breaks down and explains why steel rubber products are better, more superior than the competition. Again, if you go out there, so I suggest that you select the year, make, and model. So year 1965 as an example. Lincoln, it's going to auto-select Continental, and then you'll pick convertible or sedan based upon the year. It could be a coupe, right? And when you hit submit, for 65 convertible, you're going to see there's 42 products, including body weather strip kit. Uh, this 34-piece body weather strip kit includes the major weather strip components needed for the body of your classic restoration vehicle. Again, you can also go and buy individual pieces. So if you've got a real nice car and you only need certain pieces, you can go out there and buy them at a very affordable rate. Now, I know you're going to look at some of this stuff and go, wow, it's not cheap. It definitely isn't. Uh, this stuff is an art, and it's great that they're producing uh, these awesome products. So certainly, if you get an opportunity, go to steelrubber.com. They used to send out the catalogs. I think they still do. Uh, you can make your selection under catalogs. And um, I think they do an on-demand catalog, universal, and some other catalogs as well. So uh, check them out. Steel Rubber, thank you for the continued support. They're great people. Okay, next we got Lincoln Sales. So you know I kind of transitioned just to talking about what we're seeing in the market. Not really so much cars I'm helping sell because I'm kind of trying to transition out of that a little bit. I, I will, for a small fee, post a car on my Lincoln Continental Sales. And I'll continue to kind of feather in some different cars that might be for sale. Uh, but I'm trying to kind of focus on mostly reviewing what's out there. As I've said in the past, my big thing on it is I want for people to get a good car, if that's what you're looking for. We often see what I refer to and others as well, lipstick on a pig. And I certainly wouldn't want someone to overpay for a car that they shouldn't have to, right? And these cars are getting harder to get a nice one. They're getting harder to find. And I'm just trying to do my due diligence, maybe like more of a PSA, public service announcement, on what's out there. So I won't go into too much detail here from Lincoln sales perspective because you can go on the YouTube channel. So um, just go on YouTube, type in Lincoln Addict. And what I do is I recap 11 cars that were sold at Barrett Jackson, ranging from a 62 Lincoln Continental sedan that was 44000 all the way up to, get ready for this, a 66 Lincoln Continental convertible for over 300,000. Okay, that's a huge range of about 260 grand difference. And it might surprise you that a 66, right? So the 66, 67 may not, arguably, may not be as beloved as a one, two, or three, or as a four or five. So 61, twos, and threes are kind of in a category of their own. 64, 65, they're kind of in their own category, right? Because they changed a little bit. And then, of course, 6 and 7, they're in their own category. And by the time 68 rolls around, the convertible's gone because 67 was the last year of the Lincoln convertible, uh, four-door convertible. So what I saw based upon the numbers is oftentimes, and if you go back 10 years ago, you would have people that would say, you're customizing the car, you're, you're downgrading the value of it. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. That isn't the case nowadays, right? Because if you look at the numbers, you, you will not see a stock 66 Lincoln Continental sell for 300 grand. It just will not happen. 
Now you're seeing we're seeing stronger prices, especially in '66 and '67. Uh, I could give some examples on Bring a Trailer, and I've covered some of those on our YouTube channel, where the the sale price is 80 grand for one, and you kind of go, man, wow, are they at the 80 grand level now for a six and seven, '66 and '67? The answer is absolutely yes. It really goes down to how nice of a car is it. If someone has done a nut and bolt restoration, they've taken the car down the bare metal, they fixed any little issues, and the car looks as good, if not better, than when it left the showroom, which those are far few in between, then certainly those cars are going to demand and they're also going to drive a higher price. But what we've seen from these, you know, the top three sellers at Scottsdale this year was a 61 sedan, 231 grand, custom. A 62 convertible, 275,000, custom, resto mod. 66 convertible, custom, resto mod, over 300 grand. And I'll go one, I'll go one more behind those top three. A 61 Lincoln Continental convertible, custom, 200,000. The only way you're ever going to get to those numbers in a Lincoln is if it's tied to JFK or Jackie O. We even saw the Lyndon Johnson car that um, that sold not go for that much. Which, by the way, I don't think uh, this is a perfect time to circle back on that. The ex Lyndon B. Johnson 64 that I did, uh, I think I did a whole episode on. I know I did a YouTube I can't remember now. YouTube is merging with the podcast. I either did a YouTube video or I did a podcast episode where we talked about the Lyndon B. Johnson. I think it was an episode because I talked about that was the car that was on the tarmac, unfortunately, when JFK's coffin was being loaded into Air Force One. And that car, so think about this, 64, very desirable year, white, kind of a desirable color, maybe more so than a red or a blue or turquoise. A white top, and arguably, I kind of broke down the work that had went into the car from a restoration standpoint. Even that car, tied to an ex-president, 172000 So I don't know if I covered that. Maybe I did on the December episode. But 172000 that's a good price, strong price. But it's 64 is arguably more sought after than maybe a 66 and I just covered with you a minute ago a 66 with the buyer's commission sold for over 300 grand and if you want to know how again go check out my YouTube channel and I break down I'll go through the review I'll talk about you know why it brought that much money you know what was someone thinking potentially what did they want and that'll give a little bit of insight to where the market's going with these cars now, as I've always said, in my 64 and my 65, I have the MEL 430. I have, you know, basically stock drivetrain, you know, things that have been refurbished. Uh, the 65 is is a super nice car I bought from Robert, and we're still loving that car. I don't foresee myself ever changing that stuff, right? But I do know there are people out there, whether we like it or not, I'm for resto mods, no complaints here, but... The market is driving people to go, hey, I want a car, I want a Coyote swap, I want an LS swap. Mercury Marauder, I think, was one of the engines that was in one of these cars that went for over two hundred grand. So there, there's definitely a market out there for custom Lincolns. And um, you know, some of these cars were probably nice cars when they started, the restoration or the resto mod. Some of them might have been junkers. We just don't know. But bottom line, I'll continue to cover 
the information and, uh, you know, bring you guys as much content as I can as time will allow in a normal week. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm seeing. You know, the market is being driven by, and you could slice and dice it and maybe say sports athletes, movie stars, TV shows, whatever, people that have money. Uh, that that wanna you know don't mind spending a hundred grand, two hundred grand, maybe three hundred grand on a car. Is it a good thing? I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, it's not my money, so I don't really care. But of course, being a Lincoln addict, I'm going to continue to cover it. So, the Lincoln sales brought to you by our family over at AccuAir. If you're looking to uh, add air suspension to your car, look no further than AccuAir for your air management. It's accuair.com. AccuAir, of course, you can have uh, plug-and-play applications. You can hit one button or just turn your key and start your ride, and it will automatically level to your drive height that you have preset. It's amazing. AccuAir.com for more, and check out my YouTube channel. Again, I continue to plug that because on YouTube, I go over a multi-part series on why I picked all of the components for my 64. Why did I go with AccuAir? Why did I go with Devious Customs? Why did I go with a universal air tank? What are those differences and why? Again, check out the series on my YouTube channel. Shout out to AccuAir.com. Okay, a few more things before we get into the conversation with John. So Lincolns and movies, TV shows, music videos, and I've added album covers. Why not? Because I collect some albums that have Lincoln stuff on the cover. So there's an old school movie with Natalie Wood, rest in peace. Uh, I kind of stumbled upon some different documentary stuff about Natalie Wood. Uh, some of you that are a little older are going to know her. She's been gone now, unfortunately, 40 years, and uh, very kind of strange on how her death happened. I still don't think the truth has ever really come out. Christopher Walken was there that night. Of course, her husband was as well, but there's an old movie, a 64, 1964 movie called Sex and the Single Girl. Okay, so it's not what you think. Uh, it's one of these, I don't know, old school movies. Uh, my, I grew up, my mom loves watching older movies and whatnot. But this movie is kind of a little quirky. You really can't find it to stream anywhere. I think if you want to watch it, you pretty much got to buy it. Um, but there is a 60... Four, pretty certain it's a 64. It's funny. In some scenes, it looks like a 64. In other scenes, it's not a 64. Okay, it's one of those things. So I think maybe for a couple of the scenes, they for the front, you can see the 64, the grill. From the back, it's like a 61, 2, or 3, and it's hard to kind of tell. But anyways, uh, check it out. Um, and if not, if nothing else, you know, it gives me one to talk about this week. And um, someone, I had I had read somewhere that people were talking about the cars were on the wrong side of the road in certain scenes in the movie. And for anybody that's lived in California or knows some of the history out there, I think that was because the, the predecessor of Caltrans uh, was just uh, being built, right? So they were diverting one-way traffic onto all lanes uh, to temporarily use that road. So that's a cool little fact that I found about the movie. Again, it's kind of a quirky one, but I love that we can look back at a movie. It's kind of like a time capsule because if you go back to a TV show or a movie that was filmed in whatever month or you know whatever six or eight or ten week period in time, 
you can look at the cars, the buildings, you know, the freeways, you know, everything. It's it, it's like a snapshot of that era. So it's kind of cool. Check that one out. Sex in the Single Girl. Again, it was a 64 movie. And let me know what you guys think. Uh, some of the websites have it listed as a 63 Lincoln. The, the front shots, little screenshots I took, I swear it looks like a 64. But, of course, the back we know is a 63 or 2 or 1 based upon... It's definitely not a 64 rear of a car. So let me know what you guys think. Chime in on our Lincoln Addict Facebook group. I'll get a little conversation going there and uh, certainly appreciate it. That's all I got so far for Lincoln's in the movies, TV shows, and music videos and album covers for this episode. I'll cover some more in the future. All right, so next, Smuggler's Blues, my 1964 Lincoln Continental Convertible and our uh, 65 Red Convertible. Uh, these are two cars that I don't ever intend ever selling. They're kind of a part of our family now. And on the last episode of Lincoln County Podcast, I kind of talked about some of the air suspension stuff that I had done finally after all the years of waiting on the 64. All that stuff has been great. Um, I did notice since then that I had a, a, an issue with my battery just not charging. And I've noticed this since I got the alternator. And I would suggest that anybody that has an alternator built, I had it built by one of the best shops I can think of in Tampa. And for whatever reason, when I got the alternator, I didn't think anything of it. And every time I drive the car, it seemed like even though it was a high output alternator, I'd get home and things were pretty sluggish. Well, what I found out after I got the car back from air suspension, you know, naturally these Vire compressors are kicking on, they're pulling what they need to pull from the battery. And I could just tell things weren't right. One thing about AccuAir is it wants to have a certain voltage or it's going to kind of act up a little bit. You know, it doesn't want to see voltage under 12 volts. And um, in the AccuAir app, if you have that tied to your ECU Plus, you can see the voltage on the battery. So, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm going, something just is not right. It's not going... It's staying around 12 volts. It's dipping down to 11.5. Something's not right. And my brain kept telling me there's no way it can be the alternator. I mean, I probably don't even have 500 miles on this car since I've done all this work to it. And my brain keeps telling me it's a new alternator, right, built by one of the best shops around. Well, long story short, what I ended up doing was I contacted the, the, the place and I said, hey, is there any chance that you guys maybe put the – you know, there's something else on it. It's, you know, that, that's causing this, right? You know, I just need to have a good ground, you know, which I feel like I have uh, because, you know, I've cleaned the paint or powder coat off, you know, these different ears on the uh, alternator and whatnot. And bottom line is they said, yeah, it should be charging. I, I've added now, at this point, I've got three, four ground straps on it. So I know I've got a good ground. Something wasn't right. So I took it down. They said, hey, it's late on a Friday. We'll call you first thing Monday. So they called me at 11 a.m. They said, hey, Jason, we want to apologize, which, again, you don't get this very often nowadays. And they said, hey, it's on us. And they didn't mean that the cost of fixing it was on us because they had already told me they're going to take care of it. Basically, the brushes inside the alternator were not perfectly aligned. And what they explained is if those brushes are not perfectly aligned on these high-output alternators that they produce, it's not going to do anything. And basically, it wasn't putting out anything. So they fixed it. I put it back on the car. And as soon as I started the car up, it was like, boom, 
put the, uh, I have a power probe, stick it right on the battery, and you can immediately see within a few seconds, boom, voltage jumping up, 14.5, 14.8, 14.9. So got through that. Things are good. What I would tell you is if you have a high output alternator built and you're skeptical or maybe you even order it for one of the bigger brands out there, certainly you can take it to your local alternator place and they can throw it on their machine. And they tell they told me within 10 seconds of firing that thing up that it wasn't putting anything out. So you live and learn. If I ever had them build another one, I would just say, hey, if I was going to pick it up, can you throw it on the machine real quick and just double check it? I wasn't mad at the guys. I was more relieved that I got it figured out. So it is what it is. On Rita Hayworth, I did have a music video shoot. I may have mentioned that in the past episode. That was cool. There is a music video called White Walls uh, by a group called Kings. Recognize Kings, or K-R-K for short. Uh, That's Kings with an S. Uh, Kings Recognize Kings. You can check it out on YouTube. Type in White Walls and Kings Recognize Kings. That will uh, bring you to their music video called White Walls. And that is our red 65 Lincoln Continental Convertible that we call, quote, Rita Hayworth. Uh, That's the name of the car. And um, not only did we get a chance to do a video shoot, but a couple weeks later, we also did a photo shoot, which they used some of the photos for, I think, the album single cover, maybe, and some promotional type uh, songs or or, or photos, if you will. So that's kind of what we got going on there. I do intend to get over to Blair's shop, Lincoln Continental um, services and sit down with him and finish the AC upgrade. We had gotten the AC to a point that we could, you know, keep the car running and driving, but we still need to, um, I need to get a clutch probably from Lincoln land. I need to install that on the new compressor. I need to put the compressor in, install that, make sure there's no leaks and then charge the system. So we're kind of on the, the, you know, the, the downhill with that upgrade. I know there's some people that have asked me when I do a new video about it, I will certainly uh, talk a little bit about if if you're able to call and get some of these parts. I don't know how that's going to work out because I had some local friends uh, call in some favors to get me the parts. And by doing that, that's going to allow for me to finish this upgrade hopefully soon. But I know there's people anxious going, hey, I want this stuff too. Uh, I just got to kind of figure out if there's going to be an easy way for you guys to call and order the parts, some more to come on that. Smugglers Blues and Rita Hayworth, uh, that's all I got for this week on those ep- or on those cars. Lastly, the shout-outs. I want to give a huge shout-out to David Escalante and the crew out there in California, the Suicide Kings. A uh, good bunch of kinfolk. Uh, I enjoy their post on social media and seeing all their awesome members representing the crown, right, the, the king crown. Uh, I also would like to get David or some of the members potentially on and talk to them. So that's what I'm kind of working through as well. So I certainly appreciate you guys coming back here for this episode. Next up, we're going to roll into the audio with John Lyman from Stinkin' Lincoln. I'm excited to talk Lincolns, get some updates from him, my friend, and talk Lincolns, of course. So keep it posted to Lincoln Attic Podcast. Apologize, it's been a little while since I put out a new episode. More to come. And as Tony Boss Bowen and I always say, stay on the rise, y'all. We out of here. Peace. Hey, hey. So as I mentioned just a moment ago, we're going to link up with John Lyman. And John, before we start, I just got to ask you, how you doing, my brother? Pretty good, man. Thank you. How are you? 
good, good. Everything's good. Happy New Year, all that stuff. I know we're kind of a few months in, but I know you recently had moved your shop, but the good thing is, like the old Batman series, same bat time, same bat channel, people can still get a hold of you the same ways. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, yes. Some people actually, for a little while, thought I was, like, quitting and moving. I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm just... I'm moving. I'm not quitting. I'm not, you know, oh, you get rid of everything. I said, no, I said, I'm getting rid of junk here. I said that, you know, I don't want to take it with me. I said, but no, by no means am I quitting. I said, I'm moving to be bigger and better. But yeah, there's a little confusion during the move. Other than that, it was pretty smooth. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, you can Google John Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N, Stinkin, S-T-I-N-K-I-N, Lincoln. So John Lyman, Stinkin, Lincoln. And if you Google him, you're going to see his Instagram pop up, uh, LinkedIn, a couple of videos that we've done on YouTube um, when we were visiting uh, the old podcast we did. God, I can't believe it was May 2019. It's four years ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so John, you know, is as well established. You guys know many of you know John. And um, before we talk a little bit about part scammers, which is going to be the majority of our topic, uh, just in general, I know, like you know, you, you have the awesome '64 I love uh, the the Vert. And some of your other cars and stuff, but uh, how the cars been? Your little, little collection of Lincolns. Pretty good, yeah. That's uh, definitely a big perk of the job is finding a nice little project you can work on and drive till someone buys it, with yep. the exception of my green '64. Uh, but yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's nice to be able to put that one away and drive something else for a while. We, yeah, the cars are still out there for sure. Absolutely, still out there. Yeah, parts cars are every. You know, at least I have no. No big issues finding them for sure. I have more issue grabbing them than I do finding them, buying them. It's getting them here sometimes that's a bigger issue. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Twenty one was a good year for cars. I, I could I found so many in twenty one. It was un- and they were all local. I must have found fifteen local Lincolns just in this for tw- within two hours of here. It was wow. insane. Yeah, it's but that's crazy. not normal. I just got lucky. That was just happened to be what was going on that year, and I was able to go grab them all. Uh, luckily, it all happened. Everything happened the way it did nicely you know before i moved and all that stuff and after them so everything worked out really well if that was this year it would have been a little harder with uh, with moving and everything so yeah for yeah, sure worked out pretty good. and for people that don't know you've got the the just a beautiful 64 sedan i mean a low mile car high option car that one's still in the stable as well right oh yeah yeah i don't plan on getting rid of it unless there's something wrong with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> smack me silly if i tried to you know Yep, yep, and that's yep, that, that uh, helped on the rate right now. Yeah, I just rolled over twenty six thousand miles. Insane. Uh, last summer, yeah, yeah, yeah twenty five when I bought it. So I, I've been dri- I drove it, but I don't drive it that often because I do want to keep it as preserved as possible. But yeah, she needs to get out and stretch her legs a couple hundred miles a year for sure. Yep. Yeah, contour adjustable bucket bucket seats, basically what we call them. It's got the the headlight dimmer, the speed control. I mean, it's yeah. got it's got it all. And like you said, under thirty thousand yeah, yeah, yeah. miles. Yep. Yeah, twenty. I think at twenty, twenty-five, three when I bought it. So now it's twenty-six even. Very. So I don't cool. think I put a thousand miles on it since I bought it in uh, I think eighteen, twenty eighteen. Yeah, that was a cool car. Yeah, that's one of those ones you don't find too. Yeah, I probably never find another one. So yeah, I don't ever want to get rid of it. Yeah. Now yep, something stay in the stable forever. Something you always do up in the January time frame. I haven't had a chance to make it because every time I'm visiting, it's kind of like spring on the verge of summer. But you always get a chance to go to the convention. The the um, talk to us a little bit about um, you know you going this year and, and then years past out there in downtown. Yeah, yeah. Since I I think uh, the year after I started, I started doing this. Uh, world, it's called World of Wheels. They have a national sh- uh, circuit. It's it's and they have a, it's the same as the Detroit Autorama. Same groups putting all these on the Cleveland Pistons show. All that. So that's 
it, a lot of major cities have it. They're different times of the year. You know, they'll go from like January through May or something like that. Um, but they call them Cavalcade of Customs, uh, World of Wheels. They have different names for them in different cities, but it's the same click, you know, the same, same, uh, I, I would call it a series of shows, I guess. So, but anyways, Pittsburgh has theirs. They're called World of Wheels. I've been going every year. It's a nice way to, it's a winter car show. So it gets people out in the middle of winter. The hard part is getting your cars there and back without getting them <laughs> covered in salt. Right. Um, but it is a stupid time of the year. It's the worst time. Usually in the January, every time it's nice going in and it always snows on Sunday afternoon when you're trying to leave and everything's just trash. The roads are slushy and wet and salty. You got to cover your car up from end to end. I don't have an enclosed trailer yet. And, yeah, it's always fun. But anyways, yeah, so we do that every year. And uh, my buddy Spencer always goes with me. I uh, got his car up and running a couple years ago. He has a white 62. So he's just like in cloud nine going to this show with me. So every year we try to bring more and more cars. We got a couple friends the other year. Cisco was there with his 63. Uh, I took three cars. Uh, we, had, uh, we had a 61, two, three, four, and five. That was awesome. Um, but with the move and all that stuff last year, I only took one car. I took my uh, black 62 convertible i just got back on the road um and just to get it out there just to let people know what i do and he brought spencer brings his car still every year so we had the two 62s together and it's a nice way to nice way to meet people around the city i get tons of leads from there um you know a customer's buying a car a 61 not too far away i went and looked at it went too much but a customer wasn't fine with it and i said it's still a nice car i looked it over so he's gonna buy it he's up in canada wants to do the whole LS swap airbag stuff. So I work with a shop in Pittsburgh, uh, Steel City Speed and Custom. He's done a help me out with work, you know, that I couldn't do when I my my shop was completely jammed with cars. And he'd mm -hmm. take on the brakes and suspension work. So yeah, very. Cool. It's a nice. It's a really cool place to meet other gearheads and let people know all around. Tell hey, you the guy down on uh, you know down in Freedom. You know, are you the guy with all Lincolns? I say that's me. And so I guess this guy in Freedom with cars. I said that's me. <laughs> that's I'm the guy. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's real nice. It's a nice indoor custom car show, is what it is. A couple hundred cars. It's a whole weekend long. It's nice, real nice. And keep me honest, didn't um? So I've been in the truck club, car club, several ties. We're thirty years, you know, ninety two to twenty twenty three, thirty one years. But didn't I'm trying to remember from memory, a Kev Dog and Dave from Ken Diggett. Mm. Did they stop by one year? Yeah, that was, I think, two years ago. Chip Foods was there one year. I mean, it was a senior. But then uh, Kev Dog, yeah, they do a lot with the sponsor of that show. It's called Max Motive. Yes. Um, they're a local dealership. So they did, uh, there's that Max Headroom C10 pickup truck with a hard top convertible. Mm -hmm. Kim built insane. that for Max Motive, the owner of the Max, uh, the Max Motive. So um, they do a lot together. So they're always, they were there again. I think they were there this year as well. Uh, they come every year just about because they're always built. Yeah, they were there this year with all the VW stuff. I guess that uh, some, I guess can they build a couple of VW yeah. stuff for them. Yeah. He's those were on display this year. And uh, I think the one daughter or something has all those. But yeah, they're real good. They do a lot together. So they kind of have them build cars for them and this and that. So they, yeah, he was, they were both there. I think uh, I wasn't there when they were there walking around, but I th uh, my buddy got a picture with them. Uh, oh, that's Spencer what it was. Spencer yeah, I think you have... he got a picture with it. And then my buddy Stephen Cantor, he's from Maryland. He comes up every single year to help me with this car show, and he'll stay the whole weekend. He'll come Friday, stay Saturday, leave Sunday, and he basically run, mans the booth if I'm not there or have a family thing or whatever. And uh, but he he stays up, you know, and and helps me out every year. So he cool. got to see Kim Big. I think Chip Foos too. 
uh, Foos came over. I, can't, I have to look at the pictures. I can't remember who saw who, but I miss both those guys. Yeah, Dave is super but, uh, talented, and it goes he's back. Super you know, nice guy too. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah I had yeah, um, really I had Bill Bill Hancock on 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 my uh, OLP podcast, and Bill goes back to Bill at Wheels stuff all the way back to everybody. Kind of goes back to Boyd with Bill at Wheels. But uh, yeah. Bill had told a story about how years and I mean 20, 25 years ago, whatever it was, when Dave Kindig had reached out to them about you know doing some wheels for this VW who he's building, and he's like, "Little did we know, you know, one he builds this VW that was like his like kind of first car. I think that he's since gotten back, but also like the legacy that he kicked off. And then uh, Kev Dog, he's in Severed Ties, the club I'm in. I don't okay. know yeah. how much he does with his own personal stuff these days because I mean you can imagine. I mean they're they're basically celebrities, you know. So it's cool that they yeah. that you you yeah. know some of your guys got to link up with them. Yeah, it's real cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Kindy got in uh, Cisco's car. Yeah, pretty sure he sat like there. Pretty sure he's sitting in Cisco's car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're real nice guys. They've been to other shows for Max Motive too, so you get to meet and greet these guys. They're real nice. Yeah, I know. Overall, he's just a really nice guy. You know, Dave Kindy's like super nice guy, like all around. Not the, not a fake. You know, yep, not a phony or anything. He seems to be like a legit nice guy and talented and does really really nice work. Yeah. Oh yeah, you hear about the shoddy work on some of these famous guys, but you know, but uh, he's not one of them. I, I don't think anyway. That's for sure. Heard only good stuff. Yeah. yeah, and Chip was there one year, and I, I missed him too. That he was eating lunch right behind the cars. That was the year we had. Uh, it's the same year. I think it was Chip Fuzi and Kim. They were both there. That's probably why I missed them both. They were both there at the same time. So much. I was away that weekend. So much time. Yeah, yeah. It was real nice enough to come over. And I think they interrupted. Said, "Hey, get over here. Well, I'll be there in a second. Yeah. Finished his sandwich and went over and got a picture. I think Spencer got made him come over. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was cool, cool yeah. I want to give you a shout out to Chris Dunn because I know back in August, kind of late summer 2021, Chris, I think, was making an epic road trip. I, Chris lives down by us, of course, Lincoln Land, Inc., but it was neat that he stopped by and uh, you got a picture of yeah. him there. Yeah he, yeah, he tricked me. Yeah, it's pouring down rain and I'm, I get this phone call from like a Florida number. I don't have his number saved. I didn't know. He's like... Uh, Oh, I need some parts. I'm like, I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, what do you want? He's like, I'm at a, I'm at a one of, you know, my old address. I'm like, why are you at, this is still my house at the time. I'm like, why are you at, how'd you get my house address? I'm thinking like, who the hell is this? You know, That's I'm like, awesome. dude, it's pouring down rain. It's humid. It's disgusting. I'm like, what do you tell me what you need before you get here? So I can at least grab it for you in case it's outside in the rain. He goes, no, I'll be right down. I'll be right down. I'm like, all right, well, you got to come out of there. Here's the address. Come down the road and down, down here on the on the, on the the right. And I, he go, he gets there and he gets out of the car. I'm like, here's this crazy bastard coming in this rain for parts. He didn't give me a heads up. And then it's Chris Dunn. He goes, I said, oh, it's you. Actually, I wasn't even in the garage when he pulled up. He was already walking into my garage. I was in the bathroom. I came out of the bathroom. I'm like, oh, I said, it's Chris. I said, Chris. I said, it's you. I said, he goes, yeah, it was me. I was like, I was wondering how the hell did you get my address? Because it's not on my cards or nothing. Right. It's because he probably uses, you know, that's my billing address when I buy parts off him. So he probably just yeah. used that and dropped by. He did a drop by, but that wasn't my shop. Yes, yeah, so I don't use it. I don't use this as my address. I said, but that's funny. I said, uh, I said, well, what the hell did you need anyway? He goes, no, nothing. I just wanted to, I was just on a, I had to get out of the office. And I was like, yeah, I get out of the office and drive, you know, 12 hours. <laughs> Right. I said, you're on a mission to go somewhere else. I said, that's cool. I'm glad you stopped, you know. But yeah, every time I go to Nationals, I, I see him. I saw him in Morgantown at the Lincoln uh, in October in the Eastern Nationals. I stopped there on my way to pick up some seats from a guy in New Jersey. So he met me there. And I was walking through, and there was Chris was like right there. He was just leaving. He said, I'm just leaving. I said, hey, man, how you doing? And uh, 
talked to him there for a couple minutes, but I saw him uh, at the Gilmore as well. That's where I first oh, met him up right. at the Gilmore Museum up in uh, Kalamazoo a couple years before that. I had taken a car up there and he was walking around. He goes, oh, you're the stinking Lincoln, John Lyman. I says, yeah, he goes, I'm Chris Dunn. I said, oh, okay. He was the only genuine guy that was like crowding around my car when I brought it. I brought a 66 convertible there. It had the bucket seats and everything, but it was a really ratty car. You know, shout out to the ratties. You know what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So uh, just ratty as hell, you know, but it was, I got it running, driving, got the windows work. I said, I'm going to take it up there, sell a couple parts. I'll take the car up and I'll, you know, put it for sale and. Everyone was tearing that car apart, and Chris said, you know, don't listen to those guys. He's like, you know, you got the car. He's like, the car's on the road, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, that's all you can ask for. I said, yeah. yeah. We're nitpicking because I switched the switches out to 67. They were suggested. They were all broke. All I had was 67s at work, so I just put them in. He goes, don't listen to those buttheads. He's like, man, he's like, the car's great. You saved it. You're going to find a new home for it. And that, he's like, that's all that matters. So he was the only genuine guy there that wasn't like, you know, tearing my car apart. And I was like, yeah, I brought it to the purest, uh, <laughs> air, you know, purest car show. And everyone was getting all bent out of shape. I said, it's, I just, I said, I just got it back on the road like a week ago. I said, I decided to bring it up. So chill out. But yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, many yeah, people may not know. It's like he, He's generally, you know, a Lincoln addict, so to speak. But he, oh, he is. Yeah, he, he yeah. he's all about, you know, like he'll restore a car, and he likes to have it where he can start it and drive it. I mean, we've had hurricanes down here, so he likes to be able to move his cars if he has to and stuff. You know, he doesn't want them to be down too too long, right? None of us do. Yep. But uh, you know, Chris yep. is just uh, one of those genuine guys out there, so that's cool. But the. I remember one of the, maybe not the first time I came up, we always go to Permani Brothers, which I love up that way. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm an outer towner because I, I love it that much. But um, I remember you had the turquoise-ish 66. Did, that's the did, one I, yeah, that's the one I took to Michigan. Yeah, That's what it was. Yeah, yeah cool. and that one ended yeah. up going overseas, right? Yeah, I went to uh, Poland. Yeah. Poland, yeah. Poland. Yeah, yep. which is cool. Yep, and I gave that guy no surprise. I said, "This thing is a rust bucket, dude." He said, "That's okay. We fix. Uh, we make all the metal here. We're we're old school." He said, well, "We have. We still have body guys that can do metal work." I said, "Okay," because I hear no one's going to buy this thing here. I said, "But if you want it, it's yours." And he said, "Okay." Yeah, yeah and it, it was a nice car. Like you said, it just had it some things nice. underneath. It, it just needed a oh little attention. He, he sanded the fender down. There must have been half an inch of bond of like filler, just filler on that fender. I couldn't believe. It. I knew it had work on it, but I was like, "Oh my god!" I said, "There's no way." A magnet stuck everywhere I tested, but not there. And then he's saying to Dan, look how bad this was. I said, oh, my God, that's all. I said, the guy who, uh, you know, sculpted the whatever it was uh, in the Italy, that Da Vinci sculpture or whatever. <laughs> right, right. I said, this must have been a sculptor, man. I said, because holy cow. But, yeah, he, he had the hand do a lot of work on that car. It had a lot of replacement fenders, you know, that were all – everything was always tinned in back then because you couldn't buy reproduction fenders for those cars, so – you didn't find NOS. You were hand making them. That's exactly what they did to that poor car. But, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah he had to fully restored now and use it for videos. I think he's a like a movie guy or something, or makes movies or music videos or something, but uh, or trailers or something out there. But he that's what he uh, that's what he uses it for. Very cool. So yeah, I see it every now and again on his uh, posts. But, yeah, yeah check cool. John out. Stinkin S T I N K I N Lincoln parts on Instagram. Uh, I remember a few years ago, the Ranch and Enel, I think you were calling it, right? It was that mm-hmm. uh, everybody yeah, wants to yeah. say it was a flower car, and it really wasn't. Yeah. What what, uh, ended, yeah. what, <laughs> what ended up being the fate of that? Because I want to share the photos for those that haven't seen it. It's literally uh, a Lincoln that looks like an El Camino. Yeah. Yeah. We, I called it uh, El Ranch and Enel at first and just Ranch and Enel. But uh, – <laughs> 
it's the, it was a 66 sedan and someone, you know, welded the back door shut. They arc welded the door shut. They cut the roof off right above the back seat, you know, so you still have the original roof up to the front door, basically. Right. Then they took the rear window, moved it all the way up the front. They put these fiberglass fins on like uh, cars back then had like a, re- you know, like a recessed in window, like a flower car or whatever. Uh, El Camino's had, you know, had the fins going down and they put a seven foot bed on it. You know, they cut the, but they did all above the original trunk. So that floor in there for the gas tank from there up, there was just straight bed all the way back. And it was nice because you had the whole where your feet go, that floor well was still behind the seat. Yeah. Now where the seat was, that was bed. But where you're, so you had this nice two foot, you know, foot and a half or so section behind the seats, and they just sawed the seat into a coop so you could uh, almost like a coop seat, so you could fold it for. It wasn't a real coop seat; they should have just used coop seats. But I have a feeling this was a low budget build. I think uh, yeah, that it's pretty cool. They did finish the interior out pretty good. I was surprised they cut all the trim down and everything and finished it. You know, put carpet up on the sides. You couldn't see the door. That was even a door, and the back door was even there. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I kept hoping I was rooting that that was going to be your shop truck. Oh, God, I was so I just bought it because I, I remember reading about it on the internet like years. It was out in Nebraska or somewhere way out in the Midwest, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's that's, that's a flower car." And I'm like, "That's weird," you know. Then then this guy again. This is a World of Wheels lead. This was that a uh, couple years ago, several years ago now. But because you want to buy a flower car, I says. What? I said, I don't know of any Lincoln flower cars. I said, they ain't making them. He goes, oh, no, I got a flower car. He showed me a picture of it. I says, oh, my God. I said, that's that green car. I said, that from, like, Kansas or something? He goes, yeah, I picked it out of Iowa. I said, oh, my God. I said, I can't believe that thing's in Pittsburgh. And I said, I got to go see this thing. I picked it up for nothing, like scrap, basically. You know, he took the engine tranny out. He said, it was bad. I scrapped it. I said, shit. I said, all right. So I had a, it didn't have an engine tranny when I bought it, but it was, other than that, it was complete, you know. Mm. Everything was trimmed in gold, you know, everything was dipped in gold, like the letters, and they added El Ranchero on the side, and or just Rancher, whatever it is. Um, made a custom tail. It was, but it was really, I just had to have it because it was so weird. I was like, this thing's going to have at least $400 worth of parts on it, so it will be good. And uh, he had the title and everything. I said, man, this is cool. I said, I'll, I'll take it. And uh, what I do? I sold it to a guy. I kept lowering the price until someone bought it, basically, and, you know. And then a guy in Ohio bought it. He, unfortunately, he passed away before he even did anything to it. I mean, it was out there for two years. He didn't, he passed away. So his daughter called, what's this car I hear about this? My dad kept saying stinking Lincoln and, and ranch and Nettle or something. She's like, what is that? <laughs> so I said, oh, I said, uh, what happened to your dad? She goes, he passed away. I said, I'm sorry. And uh, she goes, well, where is it? <laughs> I said, I, I, I said I, he was going to have a friend of mine put the engine tranny back in it. I said, but last I heard, it's still sitting in his garage, and he hasn't paid on it. You know, he's just sitting there. So uh, I called my buddy. He usually hauls cars for me. He didn't give me no updates on it because nothing's happened. I said, what's up with that car? He goes, it's still here. I said, oh, my God, it's been like two years. And uh, I said, well, here's the number to his daughter. Call her, figure out what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I'll tow it to them. And she didn't want it, you know, since she's trying to twist me for a lot of money for the car. I'm like, I don't want it. I was like, I will give you your money back at best. I said, because I don't want it. I said, it's, it's just something I don't want. I said, if it comes back to me, okay. I had sold him an engine and transmission for it and everything went with the car. Uh, I pulled out another car that rent was running and he wanted me to do it. So I don't do that. I'm not getting into that. I'm too busy with parts. I said, but uh, here's someone to call. And it just never happened, I guess. So, and my buddy (laughs) guy hauls cars for me anyway, Brings the damn thing back with the engine strapped to the trunk. <laughs> and uh, it's a squatting so hard. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe it's back here. 
then uh took a couple of months i think i think i had it for maybe three three more months or so now it's down in texas wow so like i don't know if i'm allowed to say who i don't know if i'm allowed to say who bought it but i, I doubt he's listening a guy uh, owns turkey leg hut uh, he does a lot of stuff with cars so he bought it i mean he owns a it's a place in texas called turkey leg hut cool and uh he just you have to look him up i mean the he has an insane amount of cars and he, all he does, he literally loads them up on 18 wheelers and takes them to car shows. <laughs> like I'm talking like six or eight semis full of cars and he just loads them up every weekend and goes to car shows. It's crazy. They just turn out. He takes his, his food truck with them, you know, to sell uh Turkey leg hut stuff. It's a real popular hotspot somewhere. I don't know oh, if it's I outside Dallas. It, yeah. or, I think Houston or Dallas. I can't remember somewhere down there. Yeah. But, Houston uh, area. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah. He loved that thing. He's like, I want that. It's yours. If you want it, man, just uh, get someone to come and get it. <laughs> so he was real quick. He got someone to come and get it within two weeks. I was real happy. And yeah, it worked out really good. So he's like, I'm going to give it another chance. He's going to use that for, uh, the, for his business. I said, okay. I said, sounds good. <laughs> and he's abused for something. So yeah. I saw in the picture, one of his pic- backgrounds of his pictures, it did make it to Texas somewhere on one of his, he has like a ranch and has cars, you know, big buildings with cars in it. And, I saw it sitting out there one day. I said, there it is. <laughs> but cool. yeah, it's crazy. He calls it a flower car, but whatever. I said, you can call whatever you want. You can call it a <laughs> ranch chicken leg haul, a turkey leg hauler for all I care. I said, you can say it was custom built for that. Whatever. Call it what you want. So that's where it's at now, or last I heard anyway. So well, I was waiting for progress. Actually, we haven't seen any. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the elephant in the room, and mm-hmm. we've seen this spike, especially with social media, you know, continuing to grow. Facebook, uh, these the groups have grown over the years, which have been great, right? I mean, it's helped a lot of people like yourself, you know, get your name out oh, there for sure. yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But with the good comes the bad, right? So oh, yeah. lately what we've seen, and I kind of alluded to this in, in my little intro segment at the beginning is like you know whether it's old school bmx stuff if it's uh certain kind of parts you know the buick community all these different you know facets of the hot rod industry and whatever there's always going to be scammers right because they, they know oh hot rod people they got money lincoln guys they got money this and that um what's what what are some things you want to talk about as it relates to what we're seeing with the spike of scammers in the lincoln community well i mean being a parts guy I obviously see this all the time. I'm always on there looking for, you know, whoever who needs something or whatever. But then I see these posts. I'm like, well, that's my car or that's the other guy's car that I tried to buy and didn't get. And that's the picture from four years ago. And you start looking the guy's names like, uh, you know, Robertson, uh, Ferris, I'm like, that's not even a real name. And then uh, they're like making up names or what I find is it's, it's, it's like saying, Hey, this is George Smith. But how is that sounding? You know, another French community, you know, like let's say, uh, or, you know, Georges, this or that, so it's spelled like J-O-R-G-E, you know, I'm like, that is not, this guy doesn't live in America. <laughs> like, right. so it's kind of obvious when you see weird names, red flag, number one, but I get all these, my customers are, are messaging me, just go legit, just go legit, just go legit, are you scammers, you scammer? I see you scammer. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm like, if you have to ask me that, then yes, like you shouldn't have to ask me if he's a scammer. I said, go scroll down his page. And sure enough, there's a picture Felix LaFour's switches with his logo on. There's a picture of my bucket seats with my logo right on the trailer. That's why I do it. And I'm like, in my taillights, my custom taillights, I'm like, these guys don't sell my stuff. I said, this is all scam stuff. All you do is just scroll down their page. They're no, no older than two months old. 
there's no way you get 6,000 followers in two months. It's yep. my theory that you can actually buy your following if you want to. You pay them, hey, promote your things. We'll get you followers. You literally can buy fake followers, you know, just to make yourself seem more legit on Instagram, which I think is pathetic. But, yeah, uh, yeah you can buy promoting this and as to get more followers. I'm like, why the hell do I don't want random people that don't give a crap about me following me, you know? Yeah, so, well, here's yeah, what we're seeing. You see a profile a couple months old, that's the red flag. Yeah, over at Our Lifestyle Podcast, here's what we're seeing. Like, you could even take it out of the parts, right? What we see is we pay, as I mentioned earlier to listeners, a good amount for our artwork for our merchandise. We go through graphic disorder, mm-hmm. right? These guys have been around. They do they do all of Dave Kindigit. They do all the bitch and rot, you know, all of the stuff for, you know, Kindigit shop. They do all the, you know, all this awesome stuff, right? They, they do artwork and they print. Well, basically what we're seeing is you have these scammers that take screenshots, right? And then you go to their page and their page somehow has 10,000 followers because to your point, they bought some. They go follow people and people are like, oh, that's cool. These people are following me. And then people just, a lot of people, and I probably did this 10 years ago, they just blindly like, oh, that's cool. They followed me. I'm going to follow back, right? And you scroll through their thing and and me being ingrained in the mini truck scene, I start going, oh, hammered weekend wear, us, OLP, graphic disorder. That What they've done, John, is they've screenshotted every brand out there and they say, I make a cartoon of your car. I make a, no, uh, yeah, I make a rendering. I make a cartoon. I make a cartoon. And yeah. what, they, what they're doing is you can always see, it's always like car, artwork, graphic, and it's like with underscores. And, and then it, a lot of times it's all caps in their bio, and then it's all the little stupid emojis in their bio, right? And yeah, yeah. these guys, what they do is they can they almost set it up. They're probably not even doing it from a phone. They have it where when I start tagging the companies so that we can report them, which, by the way, Instagram does nothing. That's another big no, issue. Don't care. So no. what, what happens is as soon as I start tagging all these other brands to go, okay, report this one, the guy like basically flips a button. His whole account yep. goes private. It's gone for like a day. Boom, he flips the switch. Mm-hmm. It's back on. They change the name. And what I was telling people earlier too is on an Instagram page, you can click on it, and you can click on the triple dots, and you can look at the account. Yeah, and in the BMX world, we're seeing like Malaysia – and someone has mm-hmm. changed their name 17 times in a year. That's a red flag. Yep. Scam for sure. Yep. And that's, that's one of my points was, hey, you can go and see how many times. The, the sad part is it's the older folks, you know, in their 50s and their 60s. They're just kind of like, you know, yeah, Facebook, okay. You know, like I have uncles and stuff. They're not that savvy on here. They're not on there all the time. But they're on here looking for their special parts and this and that. And they know me or whatever. They know, know somebody else. I'm like, but you guys aren't being careful. You know, I said, like my uncle, real easy example. I bought this stuff. I sent him the money. He didn't get nothing. I said, well, no shit. I said, I said, all you had to do was he's 78. I was almost 80. I said, all you do is just go on their profile and, and look, I said, it takes two minutes to, to find out that they're a scammer, but they haven't been around this stuff long enough to know all the little loopholes. You can, things you can do to check up on them. You know, they're just super trusting. And I'm like, no, you can't. I said, you can't trust. You send him $200 here. He gets it from eight other people today. He just made two grand, three, four grand a day ripping people off. I said, there's nothing anyone can do about it. I said, you sent it friends and family or you Darn. did, you know, cat app or whatever. Something you can't get your money back for. I said, don't ever do this. I said, send the, and that's why PayPal, I'm a business account on there. 
they switched you all completely to uh, you can't do friends and family anymore. So you pay the fees no matter what now, which protects the buyers indefinitely, you know. Exactly. So if I were to scam them, you know, they can, you know, they'll get their money back one way or the other. Yep. So, yeah, PayPal is now cracking down more on this friends and family stuff, you know, where you can't really do that. Venmo is still friends and family, but they, if you don't, you still can do goods and services. It's less. It's like not even 2%. But uh, I think Venmo will follow and everything will. You know, they're just going to have that payer protection thing in there. So they'll make 3% on every transaction that's a business no matter what. And they'll make all that extra money to pay people back that get scammed, basically, because there's no way to get these guys. It's very hard. Yeah, it's super hard to track them down, and no one's going to spend the time to do it for a couple hundred bucks here or there, you know? Yeah, and I talked so, to the listeners. The day, it's got to cost them millions of dollars, but they're making tens of millions on the insurance, you know, that your buyer protection that we have to, I have to pay for, you know, in every transaction. So that's the selling. It's just what it is. You screw someone over and you work it down the line. So that at the end, everything costs more, and I got to charge my customers 3% protection fee because I'm not scamming them. So there's no reason for us to so I'm sorry, but you got to pay it. If you're going to use PayPal, there's three percent. I'm not gonna put in the price in case they pay with Venmo or a check or something. You know, then I won't. Then they don't have to pay it. You know, so yeah. And PayPal, I gotta, mentioned to the listeners earlier that uh, I I watch a lot of YouTube channels and there's a guy that I watch Jerry rig everything. He's got a great channel. He talks you know a lot of cool stuff he covers. But recently he did a video talking about even on YouTube, what you'll do is like let's say you comment on one of his posts, right? Or he does these phone giveaways, right? And they're legit. But then you have somebody comes in there with like a name that looks just like his, but you can tell, right? I mean, you look at it and you go, okay, that's yeah. not him. You know, he's not going, hey, you want a phone, John? Uh, you have to pay shipping. Well, how much is it? $100. Send yeah. now, send now, send now. And the guy that he ends up doing a chat with on there, basically, he's in some weird third world country and he confides. He goes, we're poor. And he claimed to jerry rig everything that he makes a thousand a day. Now, granted, is that American? Yeah. Is that local? I don't know. But he claimed that he makes a thousand dollars a day, and he only works that one YouTube channel. Wow! And people, people wonder, right? And what what Jerry Rigger everything did when he talked to this guy through a chat is he said, "Look, I'm I don't." He goes, "I don't want anybody to get scammed. That's why I'm doing this video." But he said, "If you really break it down, scamming, which we all know, like I mean, if you've got any kind of morals, you don't scam people, right?" But yeah. scamming at the at the bottom line of it is it's a business for people. I mean, they get up, yeah. you know, they they go clock in, they work an eight hour shift, however much they scam. I mean, it's just if you think about it like that, like I tell people, I'm the worst if someone knocks on my door and they say, hey, you know, even if it's a kid going, hey, I'm selling candy bars. I've had people come up with kids, and I can tell something's not right. I'm like, there's some weird yeah. scam going on, and and what I've seen is I, I tell myself this: if somebody knocked on my door and said, hey. Uh, I'll give you something. I'll, will you give me a hundred dollars? I'm not just giving a stranger a hundred dollars, you know. So I would caution people: yeah. don't do it on social media either, yeah. or any amount. Well, there's, yeah, there's. I mean, it's just insane. What's sad? What's out there, and why people do it? I mean, it's just like robo calls. You get those scam phone calls all the time too. I'll answer some of them, and I'll just get on them, just like how you live with yourself, you piece of crap, you know, dirt bag. And then they go sit there and say all kinds of like really rude, like lewd stuff to me, you know, like, yo, your mom, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I said, man, you guys are a big loser. And then, you know, I just basically I'm just wasting their time. So it's one less person they can call and haggle. You know, I'll just leave the phone on the fender while I'm working, just let it ring and <laughs> waste their time. 
Uh, sometimes I'll put the phone on the horn on the hood and I'll blow the horn real loud. And one guy thought he's like, "Ah, oh, that hurts." I said, "Good." He must have had a headset in or something. Oh man, I had the air horn on the Cadillac. I blew it. That was it was loud. I, everyone came running out of the building. Are you okay? I'm like, "Oh yeah." I said, "But the guy on the phone's not. His ears are bleeding." But, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, they're. I just hate that shit. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know how they live with themselves doing that. But that's, that's I don't know. I can't imagine. Well, here's something else really I would tell people. people. Something else I would tell people is I follow this one, and I forget his Instagram name, but he's he's an Impala guy, right? Dare we talk about Impalas. Love Impalas. But this guy has mm-hmm. a real successful business, and he said, you, you know, you'd imagine, John, like you get busy, right, you know, with your day-to-day pulling parts and everything. Well, this guy basically said, dude, he goes, he's a seller, and he got scammed, okay? So yeah. what happened, yeah. what he told the story, and I'm not a huge cash shop. I think I've used it now a couple times. But what yeah, I, I believe that he said was is that when you set up a Cash App account, your your account is automatically – it's not a private account. So he said somehow – he goes, man, I was busy. We were getting ready to go on vacation, and I had this guy that had placed this order. He goes, a legitimate a, a, a legitimate guy that, that I deal with placed an order. Well, what happened is somebody went and looked at his Cash App. Like they, they could see all of his transactions, right, because his profile wasn't, I guess, private. Well, the person saw this like however much, $800, three grand, whatever it was, this transaction. Well, the scammer reaches out to him and says, hey, hey, man, I hate to do this. I need these parts really bad, and I just found the guy locally. Is there any way, you know, I know we've done business a whole bunch. Can you refund me, right? So somehow, and I don't know how it ended up working, but the guy said, this guy that has sold a ton of parts, somehow the guy was able to like send him a request for a refund well, when he refunded the guy, which again, this was not the guy that bought the parts, it went back to the scammer. And he was yeah. like, dude, he goes, I do my due diligence. And he goes, I just, for some reason, you know, it was like the hustle and bustle of the day. So I tell people too, like you, I mean, I'm skeptical of any little thing. And when you're talking about money, I don't want to lose a quarter, let alone hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, same thing with refunds with me. I mean, I'm not the, not being a dick, but if it takes a couple of days, there's a reason for that. You know, I want to make sure. Um, hey, I'll, I'll get your phone number. I'll call you just to make sure. Like, what you know, what happened here that you want this sent back? Is that right? You know, or why are you sending me a different address to send this money back to? I said it's going to take me a couple of days. I said because I want to make sure you're. You know, if it's not just me simply refunding to the same person, like oh, I have my friend do it. You know, you had to send it to this one. I said nah. I, I, I said, uh, said, I'm not doing anything till the part comes back, period. I said, so unless the part's in my hand, I'm not refunding you at all. And, and once or twice, I never got anything back. So I feel like those people were hacked or scammed or something happened to them, and they were doing the same thing, you know? Exactly. Trying to get me to send me back on the wrong cost. Nah. I said, it's never happened, luckily, but I think I just because I'm kind of always aware of that, you know? But a lot of people wouldn't. they think, like, oh, okay, I'll send your money back right away. I'm really upset, you know? It wasn't right, you know, whatever. And then, nah, yeah, I just don't like that. Someone else paid. You want me to refund somebody else? Now refund whoever whoever paid. Then you can get the money off of them. I said, but no, I'm doing nothing until the part comes back. I said, period. Yeah, and, and here, sometimes they don't part don't show up. You know, I'm like, no, oh, there you go. You get your money back, and they disappear. Yeah, a friend of mine yeah. that I've had on the truck podcast, Sean. He's a 20 something year veteran in the U.S. military, and he has a company called Rad BMX Builds in Arizona. And he has done some YouTube videos about the whole BMX stuff and how people are getting scammed. And this is the importance of it. He he often said, he goes, look, I can't respond to every single person. He's got over 100,000 followers now, right? But he has told people, 
if you legitimately think like you've got a good guy and you're going to buy a part and for whatever reason, let's say it's a super rare part, right? Which what's the likelihood of that? But reach out to some people in the Lincoln community. And that's what Sean has said. He said, look, we would rather you, some of the people in the BMX community, reach out to us and send us a screenshot and we'll tell you right away. And like I said, if I look at the profile, I block these guys all the time, all day on my truck podcast. And what I would tell people to do, right, John, is if I look at it like this, if somebody's soliciting to you to buy a part, why are they coming to you, right? I mean, I guarantee you, 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 you nor Chris Dunn, uh, or Mario or some of these guys that are selling parts or Tony Boland, you don't have enough time in the day to just randomly go to people on Instagram and go, hey, do you need a bumper for your car? Oh, you just happen to need yeah. a bumper? Send me $800 and I'll send it. Like, Just be cautious that when people are reaching out to you, they're reaching out to you for a reason. They're trying to scam yep. in most cases, I would say. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's for sure true. Yeah, I mean... And if I'm going to do that, then I obviously tell them who I am. Here's my page. Go there first, you know, look me up. You know, I'm not, I've been doing this pages from 2016, you know, I'm legit, you know, but if you go see my page, you can tell it's not uh scammy, you know, there's no, I don't have, I, I stopped doing pictures of parts because no one cared about them. <laughs> Instagram's different than Facebook. Sure. So I just start posting cars and then all of a sudden the lights go through the roof and everyone follows you this and that. So, yeah, I do parts, but Instagram is more just like a, uh, it's not, I mean, people know I do parts, but only because they probably follow me on Facebook, which is more, I would say, obviously a parts, you know, obviously I do parts there. You go on Instagram, you can't tell, right? you know, except for my description says, you know, stinking Lincoln parts, you know, other than that, you wouldn't know. So Instagram sales are not like Facebook sales. So Instagram is more like a popularity content. I wouldn't buy nothing through Instagram. <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. Like, cause you can hide so much in there and you can be anybody you want. You can change your name. You know, it's it like, it's, it's a perfect place for a scammer. It's a playground up there. So these guys have, Oh, I got parts. The parts don't just show up overnight. You know, you don't just have a whole business full of parts, you know, two months ago or three months ago, you know, not even in a year, you know, Especially all the parts are showing. Yeah. Not to mention they're showing my parts and Felix's parts and everybody else's parts. And cars that were, you know, sold years ago that they're saying they're parting out now. I said, that's bullshit. I know exactly where that car is and it's not yours. <laughs> so, I mean, if you just do your homework, it's not that hard. I mean, it's Instagram's a terrible place to, I mean, I do make sales through Instagram, but these people know me. I'm pretty sure through Facebook mostly. Sure. Uh, Facebook's safer. I don't see as much scam and stuff, but you see them on the page, like uh, even, you know, the 60s Continental Parts page. Yep. Uh, you see the scammers on there all the time. It's different, but they're not literally contacting you directly. They don't have their own pages. They're just posting on our pages. You know what I mean? It's a little different when it's a post versus an entire page dedicated to scamming people. Um, but they are taking over the posts. So Facebook, they post crap, you know, like individual posts in people's pages. And then Instagram, they have their own damn accounts. You know, it's, so it's two, two different kinds of people here. People looking for people who have parts on Instagram, which is dumb. Then, uh, Facebook, they're just going, Hey, there's a page. I'm just going to go on here and, you know, say I have this car and this, there's that Burgundy 66 convertible over now. That's got to be a scam. <laughs> I know whose car that was years ago. And I think those pictures are from years ago. So I know the guy's not parting that damn thing out. I think it's a, I think it's a scam. But it's funny though. I've been, uh, I've been accused of, uh, uh, by some people, not some people, one person that I literally, uh, have blamed people who aren't scammers for being scammers. I'm like, well, hey, man, I said, if you got red flags and your profile's two months old, here's my list, okay? They turn off commenting. There's red flag number one. 
which is what this other guy does with the 66. Okay, so even if he seems legit as hell, don't turn off commenting because then you seem like a scammer. Message me only, you know? Right, because people um, then can't they, go, hey, because what they, what they want to do, right, real quick. Scammer. They're, yeah, right, so they don't I say, just, all I do is take a screenshot and then post right, right above there and say this guy's a scammer, you know? It's like there's other ways around it, but yeah, it's more work. Might make, make People might not be more apt to do it. So, but yeah, normally just say, hey, guy's a scammer, scammer or beware, watch what you're doing, you know? I said, it's better for me to say something. If you look scammy or you sound scammy, you should be called a scammer. So you should do a better job proving you're not. Then you won't be called it. I said, I've never been called a scammer. You know why? Because I speak the word, the lingo, the Lincoln part. I say what the people need. I give them the info, the details they need to know that I'm a real Lincoln person. You know, I'm not just sitting here saying, uh, I have parts. Message me directly for discussion. You know, like you're, the lingo they're using is crazy. It's not even normal English. You know, I know nobody's talks like that. Here's one is uh, up for discussion. Is this uh, 62 sedan? It is available for up for discussion. <laughs> like what? I'm like, that's not even anything anyone in the best regards, you know, uh, have a favorite flavorful day. And, and like you said, stupid emojis, you know, a uh, clown face, you know, bananas. I'm like, I'm like, no, we don't do that. And no I one mean, I know would yeah, do that. Kind you know, of I don't buy off a guy throwing up clown face emojis and bananas and eggplants <laughs> and stuff. No way. Pass. Red <laughs> flag. Right. But yeah, the goofy names, they spell them weird. You know, they're saying like, uh, like I said, you know, Jeff might be like uh, J-E-O-E-R-F-F-R-E-I-A-H. You know, I'm like, that's not how you spell it here. You know, that's how you spell it in France, not here, you know. So, and ironically, French is how I kind of think, you know. And, and there's a lot of scams now come out of Cambodia. Or, no, Cameroon. No, it's Cambodia. Cambodia. I can't remember. Cameroon's Australian. Right. Uh, Cameroon. I can't. So, I think, you know, you go on the guy's name... Douglas Bill or Douglas William Bill Williams. I'm like, okay, let's whatever. So let's click. It's an old guy, you know, with his grandkids, like something taken from the Cracker Jack box. And you start scrolling through check-ins, dude, check-ins somewhere in Cameroon okay, or no Cambodia. Sorry. I keep saying Cameroon somewhere in Cambodia. Not one of his friends is American. Okay. They're Cambodian friends. I, they are not from here. It takes two seconds to look at these profiles and realize that's not Douglas Bill, okay, or Douglas William. Clearly, that's not him. Then you go check their Facebook page, you scramble, then you start seeing their real picture from years ago. Why they're reusing their old profile, they must be really stupid. But that's, you know, these are the guys that are parting out cars. I said, okay, yeah, car you don't actually, you don't even exist. I said, you're fake. I said, so they stole pictures from people. They'll just put or new profiles, two months old. Okay, well, you know, Jeffrey with a J and a G and all that crap is not, sounds like a weird French twist to it, which I think a lot of, there's a lot of French speaking territories, I think, out in, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Africa and where these places are at, because that's how they learn to speak French and English and us. So it's not the same as our English. You know, they speak right. very different. And we're not making fun so of the people there. We're just English, saying. Like, real bad at it. I'm like, that's like up for discussion. No one says that. And they're getting this from like, uh, they might say that over there because they're a lot more proper than we are, honestly. They probably speak nicer, like, you know, fluently, better grammar than we do, you know. Right. Right. And we're but not we're making fun of the people. Americans. We don't talk like that. We don't talk like the British people. We don't talk like English people. Right. You know? And we're, we're just not saying. Formal. Be- 
these could be red flags, you know? And like, yeah, so John, are you telling me all these, yeah. all these women that send me friend requests and I don't have any friends in common and they go, yeah. uh, I want to be your friend. Like you, are you saying oh, that? Yeah. Your profile friends? seems so interesting to me. <laughs> I feel as if I already know you. <laughs> Get out of here. I show my know? wife, I go, look, I have all these women that want to be friend. They yeah. send, I send a dollar. They, uh, do a nice thing. Yeah. Happy endings. Oh yeah. It's crazy. So what are the oh, red flags yeah. do you have? Uh, the odd lingo, like uh, for discussion, I was saying profile check. I wrote this stuff down while I was thinking of it. Um, yeah, it takes like a two month old profile is not in, you know, and not anyone selling parts. Okay. I'm like, you don't just make up a profile and, and it goes back to November of 22. That's, that's a scam. You know what I mean? That's clearly a scam. What's sad is if they're smart enough, which they're not to make a commerce profile, maybe it's only in a U.S. thing. Maybe they can't. If you make a commerce profile in the U.S., it's really hard to track a person because they don't have a, it's not a normal profile. So if someone in the U.S. wanted to scam you, you make a commerce commerce profile and it's really hard to tell if they're legit or not, you know, unless they unless they've had it for a while. So. You know, I don't know if commerce profile. I haven't figured out if commerce profiles are available for people overseas or not. Of course, they're just saying they're in the U.S. anyway. I don't know how Facebook's you know logistics and all stuff works. I don't know if they can actually get one or not. If they did, it'd be really, really, it'd be even harder, unfortunately, to to track who they are. Um, but yeah, these guys most of them have regular profiles, but they're only two months old, you know, and they're getting uh, new profile pictures like uh, someone else, and they change. No, this guy looks more legit. Let's do this guy. <laughs> they don't have to bother deleting the old photo. You know, that's just BS. And yeah, and what they what you can do? Yeah, reverse the heat on them. Sometimes, like I've even said this to like like I messed with the guys and said, okay, listen. In the the old, I'm going back 20 years, and they still do this on eBay, right? In the sneaker community, the sneaker world. Back, like, you know, even in 2000, if you posted a pair of, like, rare sneakers, it was like a lot of guys would take a piece of paper and they would write their their um, eBay name on it. It would be, like, at so-and-so, right? And you would take a photo yeah. with that, right? So I've, I've baited these guys along. I said, okay, that's a very nice part. Uh, take a photo um, doing two thumbs up in front of the part. Yeah. Can't do it. Like, to your point earlier, you yeah. kind of call their bluff. Or what you do is really reverse it on them and say, well, listen, I want to buy this part for 50 bucks. That's great. Do me a favor. Put it on eBay. You know, think about it. Yep. It's like, okay, eBay, 50 bucks. I mean, you know, he's going to lose a little bit of money. So, oh, hey, put it on eBay for $55. I'll buy it right now. Yeah. Won't it's do worth it. worth the peace of mind. Yeah. Exactly. They won't yep, do it. Yeah, they won't do it. Yeah, I know some people, that's all they'll do. Oh, you want that? Uh, I could put it on eBay for you. <laughs> like, I know who you are. You know me like a Tom out in the right, I right. know who you are. You need to put it on freaking eBay, dude. But he don't want to get scammed, you know. Right. So he's I'll put on eBay. I'm like, I, I understand. He's an older guy. He don't get it, you know. I said, no. I, all right, whatever, whatever. I bought stuff off him in person, but whatever. So uh, it's funny, but yeah, I mean, they're just trying to. That's good. They're trying to prick their ass. But yeah, you're right. That's a good way to, you know, for sure. Yeah, throw it on eBay, bud. If you're legit, see, I hate eBay, so I won't put anything. I don't have nothing on eBay, yeah, but, an but you're well established too. You've been doing this stuff. But for I 15, will. 20. Yeah, I probably I, I, I said, I mean, I'm lucky. I started when I did because I tried to do it today. I would never get off the ground. I said it would be so hard to prove that I have this collection of parts like I did when I started, you know, six and a half years ago, full time. I said there's no way I could have, you know, everyone because there, there was no scamming in the Lincoln industry at that time, you know. But yep. you know, since since then, and these cars, basically, what it is is these cars have become so lucrative. Anything lucrative, people are going to you know impulse buy you on, yeah, you know, oh, God, yep. These cars weren't lucrative six years. I mean, they were to us, you know, Lincoln guys, 
but people weren't hunting these cars down. Now everyone's going to have one, you know? So it's like, uh, like muscle cars were 10, 15, 20 years ago. You know, everyone had to have muscle car. Come here. These are like that. It's crazy. And, uh, so now that that's the case, and even the, like I have a Buick, the Buicks are the same way. Those guys are on there scamming. I, I, these are pictures I've seen from years ago. Same thing with the Lincolns, you know, but I don't, I'm not on the Buick stuff. Like I am Lincoln, because that's my, obviously my business. So just a little bit of on the Buick stuff, I see it, and I'm just like, man, I said the Lincoln's so bad. I said it must be really bad for Buick too. And you just start looking, you're like, yeah, these are all scams. And all the people, oh, I need this, I need that. And I'm like, I can't sit here all day and say scam. You know, you guys, you're gonna have to get burned and realize it and share, spread the knowledge. <laughs> what happened to you? We need like a how to not get scammed for dummies book, you know, or like an online class, you know, like for what to look out for. Or this podcast. It's not that hard, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. God, I'm like, I could just start an online class, charge people 20 bucks to learn all the tips of the trade and not to get scammed. Yeah. I'm like, then I'd feel like a scam artist because all you do is just be smart and go online. Look, it's all free and free. It's not like I pay to find out these people are scammers. Yeah. And you, you know? have to be yeah. careful too, because what I've, I mean, this, this is the little bit broader topic, but like for instance, I see, and I know it happens where people sell these Instagram accounts, right? And you'll see a lot of people. I'm not going to say for what part of the country or the world they're from. They'll end up and they'll have a they'll have a Lincoln or excuse me, they'll have a they'll have an Instagram page that'll be like American underscore classics, right? And you look mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, cool, man. You know, they put a Lincoln on there, right? And then you look at it, and it's basically like. What happens is in the social media world is someone will create an account, they'll buy followers, right? Next thing you know, they got 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, they move up quick. They're constantly just, all they do is reshare other people's content. That's all they do. And then if they got 100,000 plus followers, they'll sell that account. They'll sell it to another guy that's like, got money that like wants to be the man. And then, you know, who knows, they might be selling it for 50 grand. And then, so you'll end up with yeah. some of these accounts that you'll look at, and you're like, "Man, they got two hundred thousand followers," and and a lot of people think like, "Man, they're that's legit." But I see them, and you can you look you look at what they post. Sometimes it's not even an American, and it'll be like American classic car, and it's like, yeah, it's just all like it's like a front, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to be careful, even with some of those accounts that look legit. So going back to what John said, is in the old days, um, and we're probably John and I first met was the lincolnforum.net which when you go there they have a new landing page it's kind of been upgraded to a newer uh, forum software so Dan and team shout out to them for you know basically Dan doing all that but like you remember the term that we still use the usual suspects you know how important is yeah. that yep yeah you know? tried and true i mean that's uh, and unfortunately these cars are going up in value it's going to be expensive for even the parts guys to find and buy parts cars to keep everyone else's cars on the road so prices are going up not just because it's not like we have materials costs like oh the woods up uh, prices of cars go up and it's not that it's that at the same time these cars have gotten so you know popular and lucrative that i you know it's harder to find a cheap parts car to be able to pull the parts off and sell them at a reasonable price anymore you know so, you know, it's, it's just same way everywhere. I feel I was going with this. But. Yeah, yeah, no. And what what I would tell people to do, though, too, is to your point earlier, is like in the old Lincoln forum, obviously, I know not everybody's going to go to the forums, but you can go in there and oh, any sorry. one of the folders, there's the AKA yeah. Lincoln Parts Suppliers, AKA Usual Suspects. And that list, to Dan's point, you know, with Facebook and stuff the way it is now, a lot of people don't want to go to a forum, right? And he says, you know, this stuff isn't always on Facebook, which I agree. But here's the thing I would tell people to do. 
before you send money to someone, look them up. You know, go in a group. Like, for instance, if, you know, my friend Tony Bolin, if somebody was, like, suspect of him, you know, you could go to any one of these five or ten-ish Facebook groups and post, hey, John Lyman, he's trying to sell me some parts. Is this guy legit? You're going to have people chime in and go, yeah, I like me. I'm going to go, yeah, I've been to John's place. John's legit. And, and if they posted some weird phone number, I would say, well, no, that's not John Lyman. This is his number, you know? So there's ways, like we've said, to vet out. But what I don't want ever to happen is for someone to take their hard-earned money and dump it into a scammer's account. Yeah. Well, I had one person say I was. I won't say no names. We don't right, know who he is. Right. Um, just as a joke, I said, but that's not a really good joke. I said, because, uh, you know, bad news travels fast. I said, so why would you sit there and call me that? And he says, well, you know, you call people who aren't a scammer. A scammer says, show me who. I said, I'll, I'll rebuttal any. If you can prove it to me, I will gladly say, I said, if you act like a scammer, and you seem like one and your profile's new. I said, how, how would you know? I said, if you can prove it, I'll, I'll go back on it. I said, but I, most of the people I call scammer are scammers. I said, recently, one guy was like, hey, looking for a Lincoln. He used a picture that a scammer was just using the other day. So I assumed, just seeing it, it was that guy. So I hurried up. I was like, oh, shit, report this a-hole for someone who goes and wants to buy parts off his car. Then I read I was like, oh, said, you're looking for a 64 I was like, well, that's the wrong picture to use, buddy. I said, because that picture, that car sold years ago. That picture is seven, now six years old. I said, that car is, I know where it's at. It's not, you know, I said, but scammers are using it saying they're going to part this car out and this and that. I said, uh, I said, you use the wrong picture <laughs> to say you want to, <laughs> you're looking for a car. I said, of all pictures, I said, so I said, sorry, I accidentally reported you. I said, but I don't think anyone's going to do anything on that page anyway. No one gives a shit. Half the page is are un what do you call it, unmonitored anymore they're just like a free for all so yeah you got to be careful on the pages you go on if they're not properly monitored if you don't if the admin's not getting on there saying hey it should be a sticky at the top you know or something that's like you know where it says what this group is it should say hey notice we're on here you know twice a week weeding out the scammers you know or make a post every every week saying hey find new scammers you know let me know and I'll I'll remove them and the guys who don't and the guys who don't give a crap and those pages, they're still up days after they're reported or you reported them, get off the page. There's no need to be on it. Yeah, it's or just close down the group. Kind of crap. Close down the group. Yeah, exactly. and the, too. So the admins left this page months ago. They haven't done a thing to it. It's just filled with scammers. I made my own new page up, you know. And you got these new pages showing up, but you got to prove you're not, you know, a scammer. And it, it's just hard to do. It's just... I get tired of reporting. Like I said, I got things to do. I don't have all day to sit here and just report people all the time. But if I'm on and I see it, I'll do it because I don't want my customers getting screwed over because some of them honestly don't know any better. You know, and I'm like, those are the good old boys. You know, there's a reason why we're the good old boys. Like you said, the usual suspects, you're not going to see these guys' names on there. I said, ever. I said, because they're not legit. They don't have phone number. You can't, even if you do call them, it's still a scam. They'll never meet with you. They'll never send you, you know, cell phone pictures of the parts or nothing. So I'm real careful. I always thought, honestly thought I got scammed a couple of weeks ago. I bought something, paid a lot of money for it, but I knew the guy. I was like, what the hell? You know, I was like, no, I know him. He asked for parts a couple of years ago. He should be legit. And sure enough, man, dude, he like ghosts me after I paid for it. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, I can't believe I just got scammed. I said, by someone who asked for parts. Really? I was like, the guy must have a major drug problem to do this. So I was like, to like do that and screw someone over. But he's on there saying, no, it's all blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the hell, dude? I didn't hear from him for days. 
he said he sent it, didn't send it. I was getting real worried, just upset, not worried, but just yeah. upset. You know, like how the hell did I let this happen? But sure enough, he goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I was busy." <laughs> I said, "Okay." I said, "Cause I mean, I talked to him, I asked him the questions, I sent him, send me more photos. Everything was legit, you know. But I could, but because of today's world, you can't help but feel like shit. I think I just got screwed." And uh, I said, "I can't believe it by someone that even asked me for parts a couple years ago." You know, this is nuts. Uh, what kind of world we live in? It's a sick world. And um, <laughs> but turned out it was legit. It showed up. I was like, oh, "Okay, I got it." I was ready to blast them. I was just like ready to say, "What the hell, dude?" You know, I had to go on his page and say, "What well, you know, get back to me. Where's my tracking number?" He said, "You shipped it five days ago." I said, it "Should be here by now." Yeah. Well, so, here's something he that just, I, well, I had bad communication, but it's enough to make you nervous. Well, something I've seen is what these scammers are doing too. Is they'll take uh, my so my my friend Tony at Asphalt Army. He did my Lincoln Attic logo, which I mentioned to everyone earlier. Well, when what they'll do is they'll go in there and they they take your image and they put it on they put it on a mock up of a shirt, and then they go in the group. Mm-hmm. And what happens is what we've done in the Lincoln Attic Facebook group is we have it turned off where you have to. I don't think you could. There was something we did. We 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 pulled some levers where like there's certain things you have to do. Like you can't post something for sale. I don't think unless you've yeah. unless you po- you post it a couple times. Well, what they'll do is they'll go in there and they'll they'll put they'll turn the comments off and they'll say um, you know Lincoln Attic shirt and you look at the link and I, I'm always skeptical of the link and you look at it and it's some law it's like some weird website. And of course, it's like a Chinese knockoff. They want you to buy the shirt, you know, whatever, stealing your information or whatever. And I delete those right away. But what they'll do sometimes is they'll post something in there because they they have to do sometimes so many posts before they can do certain interactions. And they'll get around that by doing these like fake ghost type posts. And so when you see that stuff, um, what I would either do is like to your point, I would I would report it. Uh, Tony Boland helps me a lot in ours. He goes in there every day. I was like, I don't have that much time to go on Facebook. But if you do or you know of an old group that that's kind of like basically the wild, wild west, try to get with the person that runs the group and say, for the love of God, if you're not going to moderate it, just shut it mm-hmm. down, man. Yep. Yeah, it's called a lost cause. Yep. And you wish you could make a note on there say, this place is a bust, dude. But stuff on Facebook just gets scrolled to the bottom so fast. Every time you go on a page, sometimes you don't even know what page you're on. You know, you just see it in your feed and you just go, oh, this you don't even pay attention if it's the buy, sell parts one or the 60s Connell page or the, you know, uh, Lincoln enthusiast page. You don't know what page you're on half the time. You know, and then you're like, well, which one of these ones is the crappy one? If you find one that it's just filled with scammers and everyone's getting blamed being a scammer. I mean, honestly, just get off the damn page, you know, or block it. Block it so you don't have to see it anymore. Stick to the pages, actually take care of the scammers, and it's hard to get like suicide slaps. Kind of hard to get in there without being an owner, you know? Yep. If you're an owner, you could probably belong to that page, you know, because that's where you're going to, and, it, and that, this list is up there of trusted vendors, you know, it's there, it's at the top. I think Pat Tien and, uh, our, you know, Richard One Boss, all those guys, they kind of they do a good job on that page. Everything's there. So the list is there for the all the vendors that are tried and true. Some, I mean, I know I've heard of them, but it's good to see that they're legit because in case I have to get something off of them, you know, so these are people that they've all dealt with and know are legit and true. And not none of these guys with these goofy names are on there. Uh, so, I mean, you just wish you could have like a, uh, you buy a Lincoln, here's a little handbook on here. You know, don't get how not to get scammed. Go on Suicide Slab, join the Lincoln forum, you know. Talk to only a certain amount of people that can lead you in the right direction. There's no handbook this crap because it changes every day. 
So people do got to learn the hard way, but it's sad because scamming has been around forever. Yep. Since the internet was basically around. I mean, I had a friend 15 years ago. He sold parts. He shipped them without getting paid. Fenders, NOS Fenders for Mark III or something, Texas. Shipped them, never got paid. Or something happened where they, you know, he got the charge back or something. The money was taken back from him. They got the product. He got nothing. Was, this is a U.S. people scamming within the U.S. And uh, when they're actually taking your parts and your money. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh, it's just now it's just completely different. It's sad that, you know, overseas they can figure this stuff out and do it and rip you off on a daily basis. You know what psychologists and these people, why they do it or how they think they can do it and get away with it. Yeah, and but just know, I think. We've got to be aware. Yeah, my closing comments would just be, listen, do your due diligence, like John said earlier, and don't just trust, like, you know, maybe you want bucket seats for your car. We've we've all told you how rare they are. Just know, pick up the phone and call John or call Lincoln Land or call someone and say, hey, do you have a set? Okay, what do you... And, and like what I used to always do, and I still do, I kind of shop around a little bit. Like if I really want something and somebody's got five grand on something and someone's got three grand, you shop around, but you're calling them, right? You're checking yeah. and, and you're touching base. You're calling their number listed on their website or their Facebook page and things like that. You're interacting with them. Don't just accept that someone's going to reach out to you and market to you and say, hey, I sell you nice uh, Fender. Oh, uh, great. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have a Fender. Okay, send me the money. Just the the transaction itself just doesn't seem legit, right? I mean, you're, you're sending money to someone you don't even know. So again, try to do a little due diligence, reach out to the people like John at Stick and Lincoln that you know. And then if worse comes to worse, go to, I mean, there's 10 or 15 Facebook groups, you know, go in there and say, Hey, if you're really skeptical, you know, this guy so-and-so is trying to sell me some parts. Do you guys know if he's legit? And you'll have people that'll chime in and go, Hey, yeah, He's really good. He takes a little bit of time maybe to ship it, but, I mean, he always comes through. I've known him for 20 years. All of that stuff, you know, you, you have to kind of do that because, like, to John's point, you just can't trust these mother effers. Yeah, no, not at all. Yep. Someone says, that's stinking Lincoln legit. I'll be the first one to say, hell no, he's not, man. Don't buy from <laughs> I know, I know. But, that's crazy. Yeah, but- sad. yeah I mean, I, I have no question. Someone's asking even for another vendor. I haven't come across that, though. People aren't asking. You're right. I mean, people aren't asking the questions. They're not saying, like, hey, is this guy legit or not? They're messaging me directly asking me. And I'm saying, if you have to ask me, then the answer is no. I said, you should know who the legit guys are. Some guys have gotten off of Facebook completely, it seems, from what I hear. I'm like, I don't even know where some of these guys even went, you know, uh, that were normally on there. So they're doing something else, a different way, you know. But uh, there's nothing wrong with asking for a phone number and literally calling the person. You know, I got a voicemail. It says, John Lyman, stinking Lincoln, leave a message. You know what I mean? Scammer's not going to do that. He's not going to be able to do that, you know. So, yeah. I mean, lingo is a big thing. You talk, even if they get you a phone number, which I, I have literally have seen that they had phone numbers. And you can literally call a phone number, but then they're all real busy driving or I don't know how they do it, but you know, they're scammers. You've already decided, but you call the number anyway, and they do answer the damn phone. It's an American number. I just don't, I don't understand that yet, but it's happened. And I says, you know what, buddy, I'm down the street from you. I'll go grab that part right now. Oh, I'm not there. I drive in truck. You know, I'm not there. Uh, I says, well, that's ridiculous. Oh no, you know what? The guy reverted to texting. So if they're gonna, re- if they refuse to answer, say, hey, uh, Mister, call, text me. That's what it was. I had to text him. I couldn't even call the guy. I was trying to remember his voice. I didn't talk to him, but he texted no problem at all while he's you know driving his truck. I said, I'm here, man. I said, you just posted this thing for sale. Literally, why would you post something if you're not home to to sell it? I said, I'm here with the cash. I'm like 10 miles from your zip code. Like, where, where, where are you at? 
I said, I'll be here for three days. Oh, I'm not there. Uh, but I send you picture when I get home and I send the, just send me the $800 and I'll, I'll get you the month. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said, I don't want to pay for shipping. I'm here already. And you know, it's yeah. That's what they texted, did not call. They wouldn't answer the phone. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. And, no uh, voicemail of course, you know, just call. And if they don't answer, screw it. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. The last comment I'll make is that, you know, even for, a lot of this can even spill over to the cars. Like I've been doing these listing reviews on my YouTube channel and there was a guy going back several months ago. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but he had this red 65 that he posts for sale and I didn't even say anything negative about it. Somebody was just like, you know, those cars aren't worth 70 grand. And all I was saying was if you go look at the Haggerty price guide, if something falls within this nice of a car, certainly it is. And it can be worth that much money. And the guy immediately started attacking me, you know, messaging me. You don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I remember that. So, so yeah. I'm going, okay, hold on. I'm not. It's funny, I know who that was, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not attacking you. Like, I, like if somebody, yeah. now granted, if he's getting beat up all day and then maybe he misconstrued my thing, but when someone starts attacking yeah. you and this and that, you know, that's when I say, hey, look, if somebody's selling a part or a car, it's on, so, think about it, what we're on. We're on social media. You know, someone should be able to go on there and say, hey, I got a question. Like, and, and if someone starts attacking you, we see it on, I, I follow a lot of listings on Bring a Trailer. And Bring a Trailer, I'm noti- I know, I'm noticing, like, with the chat at the bottom, there's a lot of people that, like, may not be buying a car, but they love participating in the chat. And there was a guy recently that had a car that seemed like a pretty solid vert. And think about this for a second. Somebody was like, hey, I want to come take a look at it. And the guy was kind of like, I don't really want to have anybody come to my house that I don't know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, But you would think about yeah. it like in the Facebook world, you would post a car and somebody's like, hey, can I come look at it? And you go, yeah, absolutely. Right? You, I mean, you couldn't imagine. Yeah. But this guy was like, well, I have it on an auction site. I have all these photos. Like to him, it was kind of weird. Like why does a stranger want to come to my house? So you do have people that maybe don't fully understand and navigate all the waters of selling a car. But certainly if you post a question or go, hey, listen, I'm a serious buyer. I want to buy this. I want to come look at it. And somebody goes, no, yeah. you can't. Or they yeah, start attacking yeah. you, then you start to go, yeah. okay, well, listen, it may not be a bad guy. Maybe he's just weird, but don't buy a car that you can't no. go look at, you know? Yeah, especially if you're spending that kind of money. We know what it, it was on twice. You know, it was sold earlier, uh, well, a month, couple months ago or something. Fire didn't come through. So now it was back up again. Yep. You know, so you can't, you know, what's the reason for that? You know, what the hell? You know, yeah, I mean, I love the one comment that was in there. It goes, so you want privacy, yet you put your car on a public website where millions of people can see. <laughs> Some right. people are gonna want to. I was like, "You're damn right." I was like, "You can't say that." Like, no, you can't come see it. This is a this is a site unseen only. You know, if you're within ears, you should invite people to come over and look at it. Probably bid more. Yeah, you know, or something. You know, like, hey, I know that car's worth, you know, fifty. I think it's worth sixty or seventy. I'm at least like you know I can bid it up. It's nicer than I thought. Or no, it's not as nice as I thought. I don't want to be pissed off. You know, why would you want that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more than likely it'll sell sight unseen, but if someone wants to come and look at it and they're a player, hell yeah. Well, why? Yeah. You yeah, can't especially doing if you're thinking about sketchy. selling something yeah. for 40, 50 grand. Anytime I sell something locally, which I hate selling stuff now, I have so much stuff I could sell. My wife's like, get rid of this stuff. I don't like dealing with people. You know, you post something for 100 and they go, I'll give you 25. Delete, delete, yeah. delete. But when your messenger all day is going off. But anytime I have something small, I, I was trying to sell something on offer up one day. It was a, a real nice bike rack that holds five bikes. 
I always tell the people, hey, I'll meet you at Publix, right? Because I can always go to the Publix supermarket down here. Drive across over there, right? Boom. We're in a, you know, an easy to meet up yeah. location, right? They're not coming to my house, right? And then the guy was like, there was a miscommunication. He thought that like he offered like twenty five dollars. I'm asking one hundred and fifty. So he, when he went to give me the money, he goes, uh, you know, this. He goes, that was the deal, right? I go, well, what deal? And he goes, why well, offered this much? I was like, what are you talking about? And maybe yeah. it was a misunderstanding on my. But I was just like, look, man, I can't sell it for that much. Boom, you pack up, you leave. But I always feel more comfortable if it's something small, meeting in a in a in a different location. Now, seriously, if you have a car, you either need to be able to drive that car to said location or have it at a neutral location where someone can come look at it. Because like we've always said, and I've always preached, don't buy a car, especially across state line without going to either see it or have someone go look at it. Yep. Get eyes on it, man. I've got every car I've bought. I've had eyes on except for, well, no, I'm not. I, I knew the guy who owned it before. So I knew the car was legit. I've always had eyes on the cars I buy. Always had a friend, a Lincoln guy. You know, I got customers everywhere. That's how we found that one stolen car. I just call. I just put the APB out there, and a customer's like, "I live there. I found it." <laughs> Simple yeah, shit. Yeah. But uh, there's no reason. I mean, unless these people live in a remote and nowhere, you can get eyes on a Lincoln or you know something you're looking at for sure. You know, if you're gonna spend that much money, you gotta get eyes on it. I, I don't advise anybody to buy something sight unseen without undeniable you know, proof that that car is real and it's there, you know, the black 62, I got a friend knew about it. He told me about it. So he had already seen it and then he passed on it. Then a year went by, I said, I wonder if that's still for sale. And he did. So I knew this car was already real. Then I had um, a friend up in Wisconsin, Matt Sal Hathaway, had him go look at it. He looked at it. You know, he literally, it came to a point where he actually had to go load it up because the lady lived north five hours away. She had moved away years ago, but left the car there at her brother's. He had to load it up because there was going to be no one there to pick the car up when, you know, we don't know when the shipper was coming. So he literally took the car to his house and let us ship it from there. But there's no reason not to get eyes on these cars, you know, to know that they're legit, you know, and the other car in California. I knew all the link. I called up the ratties. I called them up. They knew exactly whose car it was and everything. So it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to get eyes on this stuff. You know, people can only trust people as far as you can throw them. You know, when you're 3,000 miles away, it's not very far. Yeah, can't throw them too far from there. So yeah, get eyes on it. So what if it if it ain't meant to be? At least imagine Senate wiring that money over and realize you just got majorly scammed. Oh yeah, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, yeah and the only sad. exception I'm skeptical still. I hate spending money sight unseen. It's scary. Yeah, and the only exception that I would say is like you know if if something was on eBay and you had hundreds of photos and you know you knew this car through someone through someone yeah. and you were like okay hey. I want to see all underneath it. I want to make sure there's no rust. You know, I want to make sure, you know, and again, there's, there's some exceptions like that, but for the most part, um, you know, I tell people do not buy without, you know, cause I mean, you, you and I both know that. And I said this, I think on a, a one of my recent YouTube videos where, you know, a Lincoln can bring a lot of joy to a family, you know, throw the kids in it, go cruise, get ice cream, go to the local car show. Life can be great, but life can also be different. You know, you could talk your spouse into get, uh, getting a, a classic car and it's a rust bucket and you're, you know, you know, spending a lot of money on this thing. It can cause a lot of havoc. So I tell people like, just be conscious of what you're getting into. And a lot of people, I had a conversation with someone recently. A lot of people will say, well, I'm going to resto mod it. I'm going to put an LS in it and stuff. Listen, you can make it where your car doesn't break down. I get it. But trust me, putting a new modern engine, 
that doesn't solve all your problems. You know, if you've got a convertible top that that it's going to be haywire oh, yeah. here and there, that could drive you crazy, right? Your windows, yeah, you, you know, know electronics. There, there's a lot of other things. So don't just think that you're going to resto mod something and all your problems are gone. So yeah, I mean that's a leaky. My God, it's, all I want to do is drive my car in the rain, and there's just no way a convertible and rain don't mix. So yeah, yeah. I mean you can make it drive across the U.S., but you hit rain, dude, in a convertible. <laughs> You're yeah. taking in water somewhere. <laughs> so they're still uh, they're reliable now, but they're not uh, watertight. They're not as let's say uh, trip friendly, you know, as you'd want them to be. Even if it runs great and can get across the United States on, on pump gas or eighty seven or whatever, but yeah, I, I scary. Yeah, it sucks because you want to be able to go all around. It costs a fortune to you know make a car like that re- super extremely reliable. Yeah, so mod's a fine line of yeah. What are you yeah. looking for out of it? You know? For certain people, for sure, but exactly, exactly. Well, John, dude, we've spent a good amount of time. I certainly appreciate you taking the time. You know, you guys can look up John, like I said earlier, John Lyman. Uh, just Google him. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. But uh, if you look up John L Y M A N S T I N K, right, Stinkin Lincoln, uh, that'll bring you to even over to his uh, LinkedIn profile. Imagine that a, a business owner that's got a LinkedIn profile. Pretty cool. But look him up. I don't know on the news. <laughs> yeah, check does, out. Does it say I own the business? I don't even know if when I start. I might have. Yeah. I might say I own something link in there. It must have been like when I first started. I put it in there when I quit my old job. Yeah, and that, I haven't been on it since. <laughs> yeah, but still, at yeah, least you got it. You know, you but, got the flag in the, yeah. in the sand. Oh yeah, I was proud. Yeah, I was happy to be on my own. Yeah, it was nice. It was, I was. I did everything I could when I started this business. The the, the Facebook page, the Instagram page. You know, get on the. The LinkedIn forum, let everyone know. I did the LinkedIn just in case. Seems LinkedIn's faded off. I don't know anyone says anything about LinkedIn anymore. Yeah, but for it's sure, it's there. You know, but it, is, it was a cool stalker net for you know. You can check on people and see. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yep. weird part is it tells you who's looking. That's why I don't like. I was like, well, I'm not going on there looking at people in case they're like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> who's yeah. this crazy yeah, man? Like frenemies uh, and stuff. You're like, yeah, that says it says this guy looked. He said, why the hell is he looking me up? I'm like, who the hell is that? You know, so yeah, oh, it tells yeah. you who's looking at you. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. So I stopped going on there before I got myself in trouble. Well, next time but, I'm up there, I'll look you up. We'll oh, link yeah. up. I want to see the new facility. And again, look out for John. And then later this year, let's link up and see how we're doing with uh, with everything in the Lincoln world, John. Appreciate your time. Sounds good, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Stay on the rise, my friend. You too, buddy. Thank you. <laughs>